the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Couple of uh, new movies, uh, really three, but I only want to see two of them. Yeah, I cannot stand Amy Schumer. Yeah, Amy, uh, you know Amy's. I don't know, man. I mean, she, she's had some funny stuff, man. Her, her TV train show. wreck was good. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was but good. her other movies have just been. To oh, me, you talking about the the one with Goldie Hawn? Oh man, yeah, that was I didn't bad. like that movie. I didn't like that movie. That was bad. No, and man. this one evidently is. But train wreck was good. Yeah, lot, you're right. About a lot that. of people not liking. I feel pretty. And her t her uh, TV show on Comedy Central. You know that that was funny, man. That I was a good show. It. Her stand up specials are funny. Mm, yeah, haven't watched yeah, them. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that, you get that stuff's a, you funny. Get a, you get a feeling I don't like Amy Schumer. You're well, right. What, what's your uh, what's your dislike for Amy Schumer? <laughs> yeah, what do you dislike like about her? her? I don't because know. It's something about the way she carries herself. Okay, that I don't like her. Oh, okay, I thought it was might have been something political or some kind no, of liberal left wing thing. Well, or, she's know. definitely got that going. For well, her. I don't know, man. I mean, I don't no, really oh, know she her does. political she's views. Definitely, I mean, oh, you know, she's left. She's so far left. She left the field, all right? She okay, left the okay. playing field. Like, I don't follow her on social media or anything, so, you know, I, um, I, I'm i unfamiliar with that. Now, you know, D.L. Hughley and, like, Eddie Griffin and, um, uh, you know, people like that, I do, uh, George Lopez, I mean, I do follow them on social media, and I, I find their stand-up to be hilarious. Yep. But their politics are, are just, terrible. Yeah, I mean, their politics are just way out there. Just, I'll give just, you a good idea. Sean Penn. Almost like their brain is right. Great actor. Right. Politics, idiot. Right. I mean, he used to go down, hang out with Hugo Chavez and thought he was right. a hero. Right. Yeah, the, guy's, the guy kind of kind of, <laughs> kind of pushed, pushed Venezuela into third world nation yeah, status. Yeah, he's weird. Uh, a great man. depression down there. Yeah. Those people are hungry. It's more than a great depression it's down rough there. In, yeah, it's, it's rough really in bad in Argentina. Venezuela, so, Venezuela, so just uh, Venezuela. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense that they would show for uh, coming up yeah. uh, the stage shows. They're going to be at the Robinson. That one of them they're going to do is Evita. Uh, oh, really? That makes sense. Nice. That goes right along with what's happening in Central America. True. True. Okay, yeah. so I got to ask okay, you because you've, you've been there. You've gone to right? Cuba. Yes. All right. Yes. What's your thought now? First time in 62 years, right. a Castro is not in control. Right. I don't know anything about this new guy. Right. Do you know anything about him, and what do you think is going to happen in, in Cuba? I, I love the country, and, and I enjoyed the two weeks that I spent there. And, you know, we went all over. We visited tobacco farms. We went to the tobacco factories. We went to the rum factory. Well, we're talking about a man you here know, who likes his cigars yeah it was great man. it was great i mean we went out to hemingway's house into the village where oh, he went fishing cool. and that was great and all over havana and out to santiago and the historic districts of those cities and uh ate a lot of great restaurants went to a lot of wonderful nightclubs saw some cool bands went to some cool bars the cuban people love americans uh the entrepreneurship there 
with the small self-styled businesses they've been able to operate you were talking is about tremendous. they're doing fantastic government businesses not so much the bars are wonderful <laughs> the the uh, restaurants are great um when you you go to the music venues they're they're awesome um the nightclubs are good um just anything that an individual's been able to open up either in a vacant storefront or a vacant home or in their own home uh people making their own t-shirts and souvenirs and selling them to tourists and it's just great stuff the artists with the painting and guys doing their own cds and 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 making their own albums and just the the way they've done that and the artists are self-supporting it is amazing um they love americans they want more americans to come they want more freedom they want more travel what i think will happen is the guy that is in that position now, uh, and he is the president of the country, will bide his time and play the party line until Raul Castro is dead. No, you think you got to wait till Raul is dead? I think he'll wait. And then okay. once Raul is gone, uh, Cuba will open up. You might have I something really there because big picture yesterday was this guy standing at the new Presidente was standing there and next to him was raul yeah and raul is old but he still wields the power and now that fidel is gone raul is the only one left and i don't know how old raul is now maybe 85 yeah, something he's like an old that guy he's not a young and, chicken and 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 fidel lived to be 90 or something i'm not exactly sure but um you know raul could hang around for another year or two maybe another five years and i think the new guy will wait until he is gone and then we will see cuba open up I really believe that's what's going to happen. The people that are there are just uh, amazing people. I had a guide when I was there. His English was fluent. He spoke fluent German. Um, you know, obviously, obviously Spanish. Uh, he had some Portuguese. Um, Do you speak Russian? I don't know. Uh, I didn't ask. Sorry, great, yeah, you know, smart ass. Yeah, I mean, he might have. I, I don't know. He specifically, though, served as a guide for uh, a lot of European tourists. Oh, that's cool. Didn't have a lot of a, a lot of Americans uh, that 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 had been there. Um, and then my driver was was awesome. You know, I, I, we had a driver as well, and he he was really cool. And uh, you know, I was asked, I was like, hey, you know, I want to get down here. I need to go see some rock and roll. Where can I go? I want to check out some authentic nightlife. You know, and Cubans are fun-loving people. I mean, they enjoy their rum, they enjoy their music, they enjoy their cigars, and they are so not into the political aspect of any of that stuff, man. Just so not like anything you've thought that would be a communist way of thinking or living, they're not doing it as far as the citizens go. They but serve the they government serve, is. Yeah, they serve in the military because they have to. Yes. You know, yeah. but I mean, they they, you know, I mean, the Rolling Stones played Havana, you know, one of the biggest concerts that the Rolling Stones have ever had. I mean, you know, everybody in the everybody nation tried to go. Up. <laughs> yeah, everybody tried to go. I mean, they love rock and roll and Levi's and Harley Davidson's and Coca-Cola and cheeseburgers. They love baseball. the Western lifestyle. Yes, 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 absolutely. So I, I think he'll bide his time and Juan Ra- Raul is in the ground. Things will open up between Cuba and the United States. I mean, I, I really think that's possible. I mean, look at what's going on right now with North Korea. I mean, you know, we could denuclearize that peninsula. You know, it could solve a problem that's been a thorn in our side for 60 years. So, I mean, if it, ha- if it could happen in North Korea, it could certainly happen in Cuba. We'll, we'll see about North Korea. But I think we got better chance in Cuba than we do in North Korea. Well, I mean, Cuba's obviously a much more open society. They're only shut off from America. Right. Where North Korea is shut off from everybody. And I don't know how much they're shut off. I mean, there's so many family members that live here in the United States that are communicating 
with their family members in Cuba. That, right. You know, I, I'm with you. If they ever open the door, the big, you know, the big chains, the 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 Hiltons and all the rest of them are right. are just waiting to build huge resorts. Right. I mean, it's it's the only it's you know the largest island in the Caribbean, and they don't have any of that. So, I mean, there's definitely a need there. And, you know, we stayed in a, at, a, at a decent hotel there. You know, obviously, it was owned by the government, but we stayed in a decent hotel there. It was nice. And like I said, the food, the drinks, the, I mean, you know, the coffee, the tobacco, the rum, the food, the nightlife, anything you can do there entertainment-wise is off the hook. Those you, rooftop bars and everything. Have you, have you noticed, Zach, as he's been talking, there's two things that he keeps mentioning. The tobacco. Because I know that the man likes his cigars and to be able to get himself a Cuban cigar was a big deal. And the yes. other being the rum. Yes, and, and the coffee. And he doesn't even and the drink. Food. And the food. See, that's what's, that's what's hilarious yeah, about I, well, when I listened so good. To, to Matt. He don't drink, but he's talking about the rum. That was my exception <laughs> to the rule there, you know, when in Cuba. Oh, yeah. when in Cuba. I drink when I'm you, in Cuba. You do like the Cubans do. Only when I'm in Cuba. <laughs> I smoke when I'm in Cuba. Only when I'm in Cuba. It's something about crossing into that that uh, airspace. You know, getting my getting my feet on that island. That's when I, you know, not Key West, oh, not Cancun. Man, I love Key Cuba. West. Cuba. Cuba. It's when drinking and smoking's allowed. Okay, so what did Hemingway's house look like? Was it just kind of a it was laid at, back kind of cool yes, place? Yes, and it was absolutely the way he left it. I mean, you could tell it had been sitting there for fifty years. Yeah, that was very nice. That was that was a great tour. We saw his boat and took us out by the pool and you know you could look in through the, all the rooms in the house and the way he had the 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 trophy hunting he'd done and how that was you know mounted on the walls and his books and his you know album collection paintings things like that it, it, it was a tremendous experience it would have been something um, and maybe his life would not have been what it was if it if if he had not been an alcoholic but i'm gonna tell you what with the the talent that he had it just been interesting to see what his life would have been like if he wasn't a slave to alcohol. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's so many people have been taken down by that, you know, uh, you know, whether, whether you're, you're talking about him as a writer, or you talk about wonderful sports stars like Daryl strawberry, or, yep. you know, you're looking at, uh, you know, drugs and alcohol, Keith Hernandez. But, yeah. The, the lives that drugs and alcohol have ruined. I mean, uh, you know, Whitney Houston, mm. Prince, Michael Jackson, you know, Jim Morris, I mean, the Prince? list goes on and on. Yeah. They said that uh, he thought that he was taking Vicodin, and someone had gave him phenidol. I mean, you know. And that's what killed him. Right. I mean, you know, it, it's tough being a junkie. Yeah. You, you find out who your friends are real fast. No, you know, I mean, it's, it's you know, I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, we had, uh, had 70,000 junkies overdose and die last year in the United States. Uh, in one year, more than was killed in the uh, you know Vietnam War. Yep. In 15 years of Vietnam, I think we lost about 58,000 people. It's the current public health crisis. You know, you right now the opioid deaths are the public health crisis. Ten years ago, it was smoking. Ten years before that, it was AIDS. Ten years before that, it was drinking and driving. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's just it, it's taking those junkies down. Don't be screwing with Mother Nature. It just it's getting them but you know i mean that's what got that but i mean that's what got Whitney houston that's what got michael jackson that's what got prince that's what got jim morrison i mean that's what got Jimi hendrix who was it that whitney was married to bobby brown if she had not married him i bet she'd still be here well yeah yeah that was a i think he's the one who got her 
yeah, all yeah. strung out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I believe that. I believe that. Yeah. Well, yeah. sing like an angel. Oh, most definitely, man. Most definitely. You know, when people play the the stars who sang the national anthem, Oh, her version of it is one that people always like to hear. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, just uh, that and, you know, when she did the Dolly Parton song for the movie soundtrack Bodyguard, mm-hmm. you know, what a, what a song. You know, just I what will a, always love you. What a talent! What a talent! There's no doubt. But yeah, lost to the lost to the narcotics. You know. All Is right. So three new movies. We started this off by me talking about why I wouldn't go see Amy Schumer. Right. We got to Cuba because right. I knew you've been to Cuba, and I wanted your take on where what we might see in the next uh, few years. Now that I mean, look, sixty-two years, Castro reign, done, finished. Thank yeah, God. They're, they're spying their time now because, you know, if that guy was to upset Raul, Raul can have him shot and killed and a hole dug for the guy out back. Yeah, turn, turn it around Right. Again. So Raul, Absolutely. you know, that guy's going to wait Raul out and then open things up, you know. I mean, I I really think so. All right. So you got two other new movies. Yeah. Traffic. Traffic I is good. I want to know about this, and that's Traffic with a K. Yeah, Omar Epps. and I uh, love Omar Epps. He's a good actor. And uh, Haley Berry's in this film. It's a great film. Uh, you definitely need to check out Traffic. Traffic's playing at Riverdale 10. Go to Riverdale10.com to see all of our current features and showtimes. Pick up your advanced tickets. Check out the uh, full food menu, uh, electric leather recliners uh, with reserve seating and tables, serving over 40 different beers, eight different wines. Tuesday night, we're showing The Big Lebowski from 1998. It's rated R. It's at 7 p.m. Tickets are only $9. The Big Lebowski. Dude is in the house Tuesday night at Riverdale 10. Riverdale10.com for your tickets. Of course, next weekend we'll have the annual Czech Film Festival. And uh, several of the directors from Czechoslovakia will be at the theater. That oh, that's is, cool. Yeah, that's Friday the 27th and Saturday the 28th. That's in partnership with the Arkansas Film Commission and the Arkansas Economic Development Man, How cool. Division. Come and show your movie. Right there, Riverdale 10, walk out, go to your left, and go over to the Whole Hog Barbecue and have some of the best barbecue in, in Arkansas. You could. And probably the best potato salad in you Arkansas. You could. You know, or you could be intelligent and eat at the Riverdale 10. <laughs> Get something to eat there. Grab some of that barbecue, you know. Don't be a dummy. Eat while you watch the food. I'm sorry. Get you a cold beer there at Riverdale 10. I apologize. Set it on that table we installed there in that recliner for you and grab you one of those 40 cold beers that we're serving. We have more beers than they have and over eight different wines. They don't even offer that. Keep watching the Dave Ellswick show as we break away so you can watch uh, Matt slap me upside the head. (laughs) Riverdale10.com. So, hey, new this week, traffic as we discussed. Okay, what is this about? It it is uh, part of the drug trade tr- underground uh, sex trade industry. Uh, it, it, it it's a gritty film. Um, you know, definitely plays and it, it's some counter programming. It definitely plays to their strengths this okay, week now, for sure. Is, is this movie kind of like the one that came out a couple of years yes, ago? Same name about the, the yeah, guys yeah, that had kind the, of the same the name. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got that on. Of course, Amy Schumer and I feel pretty. Um, a Quiet Place is still playing. Isle of Dogs. Okay, how did this thing go with people bringing their dogs? Sold out. Did it really? People asking us to do it again. We were on, the, we were on KT, KTHV 11 Monday night. They were down there interviewing people and videoing the dogs coming in and out. That's it was great. hilarious. They want us to do it again. It was a good time. Okay. Really good time. Well, I'm glad you had a good time with it. Yes. Um, we still got Truth or Dare, Rampage. That's a good movie. Good film. Chappaquiddick. 
That's good. I have not seen it yet, but I've heard good things about it. Ready Player One. Good movie. Blockers is on. And, of course, we're still playing Beirut, and that's a great motion that. picture. Maybe you'll um, see that this weekend. It's basically, you know, Don Draper goes to Beirut. Okay. Um, I couldn't tell watching the film if either one, the the star was brought on board, and they wrote the movie specifically for that that Person. star, okay. you know. Right. Uh, you know, if they actually wrote, you know, if somebody just sat down and said, this is going to be Don Draper's movie and they wrote the movie specifically for him, you know, or if the movie was written and he played it as Don Draper, but I mean, he had on the rumpled suits, he had the drinking problem. He was a chain smoker. He had the five o'clock shadow and he was a deal maker. Okay. And if you like Mad Men, it's basically Don Draper works for the CIA and goes to Beirut. And I really loved it. And again, I have been puzzled, as and you have, as to why this man is not a big yeah, star. Yeah, why Ham is not a big star. Why he is not a big star. Yeah. Just, just, uh, and, and that's what he did. He passed out. He did some high, intense hostage negotiations. A lot of smoking, a lot of drinking, a lot of carousing, a lot of Don Draper type activities in this Beirut movie. I highly recommend it. I know Zach's seen it. He loved it as well. So Riverdale10.com for that. Again, Big Lebowski, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. Seating is limited. Those tickets are on sale, Riverdale10.com. Next weekend, the Czech Film Festival at Riverdale 10. And obviously, we have our tickets on sale for Avengers Infinity War, PG-13. First showing of that is at 7 o'clock Thursday night, Riverdale10.com for your tickets. And we have tickets on sale for the next Dave Ellswick classic movie our first amendment movie come and be offended with everybody else as we have blazing saddles back up on the big screen now that puppy will sell out you better get the tickets now uh we had on three or four screens last year you better get your tickets now if you want the good seats i'm going to tell you what i (laughs) i've decided for our first amendment next year which is the may movie we're going to do grand torino yeah that'd be cool it's a good movie i mean grand torino is a good film that's one a good film. Offend a lot of people. Yeah, you want to know what's going on at the movie theater? Go to Riverdale10.com and click Coming Soon, or you can download the free Theater Group mobile app uh, to have it on your phone. You can go uh, to the website and sign up for the email newsletter, or you can like us on Facebook and follow our events. Uh, so plenty of, plenty of ways to keep up with what's happening at the theater. Riverdale10.com. Be sure to grab your 2018 Theater Group popcorn refill yes, bucket. I've it's, got one. It's a 200-ounce popcorn bucket. You buy that bucket, and for the entire year, your popcorn is free on Wednesdays. And anytime you bring the bucket in, Thursday through Tuesday, you can get it filled up for just $4. Yeah, that's great. Theater Group refill tub. It's good at all four locations, Little Rock, Cabot, Searcy, and Hot Springs. Be sure to check that out. All right, we got to get a break in. Let's do that uh, before... We get done with uh, Matt being on. He'll be on until 3.30 today. We're going to have a pair of tickets to give away to the Searcy Cinema 8. We'll talk about uh, Super Troopers 2. When we come back, of course, you're talking about the lizards are back to um, make us laugh. And we'll talk about that as we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back. Uh, Matt uh, is here. He's with us uh, in the first hour of most Fridays joining us talking about movies that are opening up on the weekend next friday neither one of us will be here i will be recovering from oral surgery and uh, matt will be out in uh, 
Las Vegas seeing all of the new movies for next year? Well, um, yeah, man. I mean, it's CinemaCon, and we'll be seeing movies that are coming up this summer uh, and at Christmas. So we'll be doing that. And uh should be a good week next week. Get to see um, Mary you know, Poppins. Quite, quite a few films. Yeah, there'll probably be some, some clips from that, you know, some finished, complete scenes and things like that, which will be cool. And, you know, it's always always a highlight to see the Disney product reel. Uh, but CinemaCon is always a uh, rushed wild time so you know what's getting a lot of buzz now yeah what's that halloween yeah really okay. a lot of buzz and okay. jamie lee curtis who right turned her back on halloween right several years ago and then what was it she came back in resurrection uh-huh. uh she's going to be in this one and she is really ballyhooing this one saying yeah. the script is like the first one is really good and the movie is like the first movie it's really scary. Good, good. Okay, good. So that's good. Maybe yeah. they can relaunch it again. Uh, that'd be nice. That'd be, be nice. fun. Good little reboot going. It yeah. would be fun. So All yeah, right. be a good product week next week at CinemaCon. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back. We'll talk more with Matt. We're going to go through all of the theaters in Searcy, in Cabot, in Hot Springs, tell you what's playing there. But right now, Todd Starnes joins us on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, they're back on the uh, big screen again. Thorny, Farva. Rabbit, Foster, and Mac, better known as the Super Troopers. They're back. Now, these guys have been at it for a long time as a comedy uh, group. Super Troopers, the original movie, came out in... You remember when it came out? Uh, give me a year there. Zach, when do you think it came out? Like 2001? That's exactly right. 2001 it came out. So it's take, it's taking them... 17 years of uh, saving up their shekels so they could make another movie. Well, and the first one did well at the cinemas. Uh, the first one was funny. Yeah, it did some bit. It did a little business. It did, uh, especially for what it was, original concept, a little comedy sketch, you know, turned into a film. But what they did to get this made is they did uh, crowdfunding. And people actually went online to, really? to a GoFundMe and donated money to get the thing made and they raised a few million dollars that way that means that you get a piece of the action if you're in on it it was kind of cool um they even auctioned off a um role for someone in yeah, the film like a walk-on or something like that yeah. See, that's very cool to do that that's just smart people have bought into it and you know the fans are, are going to turn out for the thing i mean it's uh it's it's funny it's goofball it's, it's you know what slapstick. they didn't tell the person that What's won that? that that it was full frontal nudity oh okay I don't know if it no, was or not. that's not in the film. I'm just saying. That's not, this guy hadn't even seen the film. I haven't seen the film. Okay. I just know I just know that the lizard guys, if they can get away with it, they'll put it in their movie. I just put like that guy writing into the newspaper, you know. <laughs> how bad the movie is and it's ruining democracy. And the guy hadn't even seen the film. Yeah. <laughs> writing a letter to the editor. Oh, man. man. This thing's horrible. <laughs> Get this out of here. I'm just that would be funny. Terrible, man. You're the winner. Show up, don't bring any costume. You don't need one. Maybe open the birthday suit. Maybe open the police car door and kind of position it in front of that, maybe. (laughs) Something like that if you're a civilian. Oh my. But I'm 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 gonna go see it because they may be rude, but they're typically very funny. They I think they gave that part to Stormy Daniels. They may have that walk-on for that, yeah. I mean, no, you know, I, I try to. Ooh. I kind of want to see traffic as well. That okay, looks, 
That looks kind of that looks kind of straw dogish to me, you know. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what it looks like. And yeah. if you've never seen that movie, the original, yeah, not the remake, yeah. no. with Dustin Hoffman, you've missed a great movie. Absolutely, check out Super Troopers at Riverdale Ten dot com. You can also see traffic there, and I feel pretty, as well as the other top ten films in the country riverdale10.com now if you're down south you can stop by and see us in hot springs that's the hot springs vip cinema website is hotspringsvip.com go to the website buy your advance tickets reserve your seats we've got the luxury leather electric recliners with tables and reserved seating we're serving over 40 different beers eight different wines in hot springs this week we're playing i feel pretty rampage a quiet place truth or dare I can only imagine, and blockers. HotSpringsVIP.com. Like us on Facebook and follow our events. Sign up for the email newsletter. Download the free mobile app. It's all on the website. Bloom House. Yeah. Another big hit. Yeah. With Truth or Dare. That's true. These guys have found their niche, and they are delivering, you know, that's universal, isn't it? Well, yeah. You know, they did split. And of course, they didn't get out. Hit for them get out that. last year. Both of those are huge. huge hit. Yes, absolutely. They've revived the genre. There's no doubt. No and, doubt. And it's kind of interesting because horror has really made a comeback over the last couple of years. And one of the great things about horror, it doesn't take a lot of money to make a motion picture. No, no, no. And you can get a really good return, and they've been doing that. Bloomhouse especially has been yes. doing that. Yes. Want to move on to Cabot now? I'll let you go on. Yeah. I just wanted to talk about Bloomhouse. They need they, yeah. they need some, uh, you know, be able to say they're just doing, Giving it, their doing props, it right. right? Giving their props, right? Yep, they're doing it right. Give them their props. It sounds good. Okay. Um, yeah. So so if you're moving on to the um, to the big city of Cabot. That's where I'll be. It's Dave's hometown up yes, there in the big is. city of Cabot. I tell you what. Well, if you're in Cabot. Strawberry Festival this weekend. Go that's see right. a movie while you're there. We've got a strong radio presence in cabot don't we yeah there's Tell a lot of what. us that live up there absolutely absolutely well if you're in the big city of cabot that's silverscreencabot.com go to the website of course you can like us on facebook download the free mobile app sign up mm-hmm. for the email newsletter check out that full food menu of all the good hot cooked food there in cabot from chicken tenders to to uh fresh handcrafted pizza we've got the uh, Nathan's Hot Dogs, White Castle Sliders, Bavarian Pretzel, State Fair Corn Dogs, Key Lime Pie, and of course, uh, uh, Chocolate Peanut Butter Pie and Ice Cream. I mean, the full food the menu is right there, SilverScreenCabot.com. Awesome. Just click on the full food menu right there at the website. Check that out. Now, in Cabot now, we have the new Luxury Leather Electric Recliners mm-hmm. with Tables and Reserve Seating. And you can go to the website and buy your advance tickets uh, right there. Be sure to go online and reserve your seats because these auditoriums will sell out. We've got a ticketing kiosk in the lobby where you can print off your tickets if you prefer to do that. Tickets for Avengers are already on sale now. Avengers is Thursday night at 7 p.m. And all the tickets are on sale for Thursday night as well as next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Be sure to buy those tickets in advance. Get the good seats. Go check out those new luxury recliners. Sit right down there in Cabot. Get that hot cooked meal, fresh handcrafted pizza. Get you a cheeseburger and enjoy the show. This week we're showing I Feel Pretty, A Quiet Place, Truth or Dare, Rampage, I Can Only Imagine, 
Ready Player One, Black Panther, Blockers, and Sergeant Stubby, an American Hero. That's SilverScreenCabot.com. Be sure to check out those recliners. We're the only small town in North America to have those seats. So be sure you go and check that out and buy your tickets in advance. The movies will sell out. Avengers will sell out there. Don't show up in the lobby next weekend hoping to get into Avengers. Yeah, it won't happen. Nope. Everybody's wanting to get those luxury seats, so check that out. And we hope to uh, be offering you adult beverages uh, this summer in Cabot. So SilverScreenCabot.com. Good stuff happening in Cabot. Yes, sir. Growing up. Yes, sir. (laughs) Trying to. Trying to. Be sure to check that out. Check out our new remodel there. If you're in the big city of Searcy, We've got a couple of passes to give away today to yes, the Cersei Cinema. That's going to happen sometime, maybe this hour. CerseiCinema.com. That is the website. CerseiCinema.com. I Feel Pretty, Truth or Dare, A Quiet Place, Rampage, I Can Only Imagine, Ready Player One, Black Panther, Blockers, and Sergeant Stubby, and American Hero. CerseiCinema.com. You can buy your advance tickets right there. Uh, be sure to like our Facebook page and follow our events. Download the free mobile app. It's Theater Group, Inc. And, of course, sign up for the email newsletter, CerseiCinema.com. Be sure to check out that full food menu. All four locations serve hot, fresh, made-to-order cooked food, as well as nachos and hot dogs and popcorn and candy and soda and bottled water and frozen slushy drinks. And we have all the traditional concession food. And now we also offer hot, cooked meals made to order fresh at the cinema. You can buy the 2018 refill popcorn tub from Theater Group. It's good at all four locations, Cabot, Searcy, Hot Springs, and Little Rock. Buy that refill tub, you get free popcorn every Wednesday, and a refill is just $4 if you bring in the tub Thursday through Tuesday. You can use that tub at all four locations, just like if you buy a gift card. You know, you can buy a gift card, which is a great birthday gift, but it's also a good graduation gift. If you've got somebody graduating from high school or college right now, get them a gift card. They can use that gift card. doesn't matter where you buy it, at all four locations. Cabot, Cersei Hot Springs, and Little Rocks. Pick up the theater group gift card at the local cinema. You did that one right, man. You think so? I know so. Okay. People like it. I'll tell you, people like that, that uh, popcorn bucket. Do they? Yeah, they like it. And I really like it because I can be saying, I just went to dinner. I don't need more food. And then I smell the popcorn when I open the door. And I just run. I do not not deny myself. I just run (laughs) and get my bucket full. Butter's free. Make sure you hit that food stand there in the uh, hallway at the cinema. You get all the free butter. We've got eight different popcorn-flavored salts there. The popcorn butter, regular salt, all the condiments for your hot cooked food, ketchup, mustard, relish. It's all right there. Grab your napkins. Good stuff. Get you some of that flavor call salt. And, of course, if you're getting coffee or anything, all of the fixings are right there. Hit that food fixings table. It's in the hallway there at uh, Cabot and Riverdale, and it's sitting right there in the lobby uh, in Searcy and Hot Springs. Now, we don't talk about it much, but there's something else you need to know about you show up at any of Matt's theaters, and let's say you want a pizza, all right? And their pizzas are good. Order a pizza, and you don't just stand there at the counter, you know, twiddling your thumbs. No, you go find your seats. They'll want to know where you're sitting at, and then they'll bring the pizza to you when it's finished. 
Yeah, I mean, all the food is made fresh to order. So we do not cook anything until you order it. We don't have something sitting under a heat lamp, okay? So if you order chicken tenders or you order a cheeseburger, you order French fries, you order um, a corn dog, you order a pizza, we cook it. Do you have fresh food? Absolutely. No, nothing is, is, is pre-cooked. Nothing's uh, sitting in a warmer somewhere. So it's made fresh to order. And because of that, you guys are bring it to my seat. Well, you know, with the reserved seating and the table, and we do have the recliners with the tables and cabin now, we know where you're sitting. Right. So we can bring it right to you. So that is good. That, it, is, that it, is a good option. It works well. It works very well. All right. We got to get a break. We got to do that for uh, a lucky listener. We've got two tickets. Go to Circe Cinema 8. If you'd like those tickets, be the second caller at 823-0965. 823-0965. Uh, this gets you in to see the movies you want. You won't be able to get them until Monday. So I uh, figure if you want to watch something that came out this weekend, that you'll be able to do it next weekend. It works out. Don't think that you're going to take these tickets and get tickets to see Infinity Wars because it doesn't work that way. You'll have to wait a week to be able to use them uh, for that. Other than that, you know, it's free movies. What can I tell you? And if you buy one of those popcorn buckets, it's $4 popcorn. Unless you go on Wednesday and it's free. Got to love that stuff. It's Dave Ellswick's show here on, of course, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Mongol-like candy. <laughs> I don't know how we could not play that movie next year, man. So yeah. many people come after that movie. It's so hilarious. <laughs> There's a new sheriff in town. Who, Who wants, wants to, to kill, kill him? him? I do, I do. <laughs> I mean, I can't. Mongo and his candy. Please show up and be offended together. I love when the dude says he wants the student movie ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harvey Dude's 100 Kaiser. years old. Yeah, Harvey. I mean, the part oh. that's really good is when they're, they got the hanging judge and they're hanging the guy in the wheelchair. <laughs> then they hang the guy that's sitting on his horse. And the horse has a noose around his neck, too. Oh, man. <laughs> that whole thing is a massive, massive spoof of anything that ever happened in any Western ever. Yeah. Ever. Ever. Yeah. It's yeah. in there. They yeah. poke fun at every Everything. Western ever. And every ethnic group. Right, right. That's true. You know, that's, that's true. The other that's thing true. That, I mean, this is the perfect, for us, First Amendment movie. Right, right. Freedom right. of speech. We can have fun, and nothing is made is personal. Well, they just take the entire Western Put on genre head. and just flip it. Yeah. it it's it's hilarious. Jump oh it on its head. It never gets old. It, 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 the no. movie never gets old. I've it seen, never does. It's one of those movies that if I'm watching like HBO or something, you know, you're going right. to see it on the big screen now. Right. But you know, you you're watching, you're flipping through the channels, and you come across it. You don't keep moving. You just no, stop and no, watch it from no, wherever you no. stop at. Right, right. I mean, it's just it's just one of the the Godfathers that way. Yep. Apocalypse Now is that way. Christmas Vacation is that way. Casablanca. Yeah. The Wizard of Oz. I mean, it, it just it just it's gone with the wind. Mm-hmm. I mean, when the mo- when you see it, you're just glued to it, and it doesn't matter how many times you've seen it. I, I don't even care. Ten Commandments. Yeah. Every Easter, it's on, right? Yeah. But when you still see it come on broadcast TV, you watch it. Yeah. I, there you go. Because there's, on all of the movies we just mentioned, there's more tied into them than just the movie. Because a lot of those cultural movies, touchstones, a lot, yeah, a lot of very our, much. We so. have seen it when we were a lot younger. Very much. Went so. with our parents to see it maybe the first time. 
maybe not blazing saddles, but <laughs> we may probably went with That'd a bunch be of rough. went with a bunch of college buddies or whatever to see it and just laughed our heads off at it. This is great stuff. It's a great movie. Really, really is. Next year we're going to show Grand Torino. Another one. Just in if the you same say vein. So. If you say so. Same vein. Be hard to pass. Blazing yeah, Saddles. Maybe we put them back to back. <laughs> I don't know. Put one in May. We'll put the other one in June. <laughs> I don't know. Great movies. Both of them. Great movies. All right. We got seven minutes till uh, three o'clock. Did we cover all the theaters? Did we get up to well, Cersei? Well, uh, yeah, we talked about Cersei, and we're going to give away the passes, remember? Yeah, we're give oh, those yeah, passes I need to away. mention that again. 823-0965. we got two passes. This is, you know, somebody's going to get two tickets to Cersei Cinema 8. That's uh, 823-0965. Be the second caller, and uh, you pick up those tickets uh, to go up to Cersei and see the movie of your choice. Just keep that in mind. Movie of your choice. And they have a good repertoire of movies up there, just like everybody else does. Matt, make sure all the first-run movies play there as well as any place else. Now, we this weekend, I would say, is kind of like a slow weekend, kind of. It's the calm before the storm. The storm starts next weekend because, see, next weekend we've got uh, The Avengers. Yes. And the weekend after that, is it Deadpool? Oh, no, no. That's several th- weekends away. Yeah, about two or three weeks. Okay. It doesn't go until 518. So what's after uh, the Avengers? Well, on 5-4, we'll have a cool film at Riverdale called Lean on Pete. Okay. Uh, about this young man and his horse. Uh, that starts on May the 4th at Riverdale 10. Uh, on May the 11th, you have Breaking In from Universal. Laugh of the Party from Warner Brothers. And Revenge from Neon. All of those are that on May Revenge the 11th. movie, I want to see it. Yes, yes. And then May the 18th, Book Club from Paramount, Show Dogs from Open Road, and The Big Boy in the House that weekend is Deadpool mm-hmm. 2. I'll uh, tell you what, I just watched the final trailer for that movie, and I laughed. May 25th. I laughed, and I laughed some more. May 25th, Solo, A Star Wars Story. So, Memorial yeah, Day weekend, Solo, A Star Wars Story, Show Dogs, Deadpool, Book Club, uh, Life of the Party, uh, Breaking In, and Avengers should still be on the screen everywhere to give people plenty of choices for their Memorial Day weekend. Yes. But that's what's coming up. Yeah, I mean, you got that heavy hitter on the 27th with Avengers Affinity War. Then on the uh, 18th, that heavy hitter with Deadpool 2. And on the 25th, that big, big movie solo, A Star Wars Story. But in between all that, some quality motion pictures. Breaking In from Universal, Life of the Party from Warner Brothers, Revenge from Neon, Book Club from Paramount, and Show Dogs from Open Road. You know, I was watching that trailer for Deadpool 2, and they, they'll they put anything in a Deadpool movie. Oh, yeah. All right, so it shows this really dark scene with cables getting ready to shoot up this uh, armor car or something, and all of a sudden it cuts to Deadpool, and he goes, what is this, a DC movie? <laughs> 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 That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Throw it down in front of him. Here it is. Yeah, Justice League, you know, <laughs> is not Avengers. That's for sure. You know. It was, it was pretty doggone I mean. Good. And Ryan Reynolds mm, is mm, just excellent. He really is. In that part. He really is. It's good for him. I mean, he, he wanted to play it. He He said, nobody else can do this part but me. 
and he's been right He's done on. very well with it. He really, he has. really has. has. He really has. I think two's maybe bigger than the original. You know, I mean, that, that the original film was just out of the gate, such a huge deal, and, and I, no one expected that because of the R rating. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they, they thought that that would, you know, negatively impact the box office and the reach that the film would have, but we saw the results of that. Now, kind of interesting, Matt, is that uh-huh. we didn't see a whole lot of other titles coming out going with the R rating. They thought that Deadpool, smart on their part, understood that Deadpool, as the comic was, or the graphic novel, was made for an R rating. Not every Marvel character or DC character needs to be an R-rated movie. No, and and you know when you're going to go in for a big budget like that, you need to hit all four demos: young, old, male, female, and you definitely want to hit with a um, worldwide phenomenon. You know, mm-hmm. you you want to hit all four quadrants across the world. So, there's such a big budget film. There's so much riding on them. There's so many millions of dollars tied up in these things, and and really the the future of of studios and the future of studio heads and studio presidents and writers and directors and actors. So uh, you don't want to uh, offend. Don't um, screw up. Yeah. So, Man, you know, it's got it a lot to do with it. And, and I'm glad those tentpole films are out there. And, you know, obviously this year, you, you know, Avengers Affinity War, uh, Deadpool 2, Solo, A Star Wars Story. Venom. Um, you know, The Incredibles 2. Uh, oh, yeah. Jur- Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. That's been a, that was um, a good trailer, too. You know, Ant-Man and Wasp. Um, you know, Skyscraper. Uh Mama Mia, here we go again. Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, That's going to be a big one. Disney's Christopher Robin. All right. Uh, you know, Hold your thoughts. Yeah. We'll pick it up in the next uh, hour. Matt Smith is here. He is the movie guru. He's got four theaters and entertains you every night of the week. All right, let's get back, talk a little bit more about the movies that are out there, movies that are going to be coming out that you're going to want to see, and uh, maybe go on to the websites and uh, take some time to get your tickets now. That way you don't have to worry about them later, because that's what's good about uh, the way things are set up now at these theaters. You can go on and get your tickets really early. Yes, just go I mean, to the website early. Go to the website, check out your movie, you know, the movie you want to see, just select a date with the drop-down menu, click on the showtime under the poster, seat map pops up, you can buy your tickets. In October, I can tell you right now, I'm going to go buy my Mary Poppins Returns tickets. There you go. There you know, you everybody's go. talking about how big, you know, Avengers are going to be and all the rest. For a family movie, I predict Mary Poppins is going to blow it up big time. There's some huge movies out this this year. I mean, there's there's no doubt about Incredibles it. Incredibles no. two, yes. is going to blow it up. Like we were talking about, um, you know, the big movies this year: May the eighteenth, Deadpool two; May twenty fifth, Solo: A Star Wars Story; uh, June eighth, Ocean's eight; June fifteenth, The Incredibles two; June twenty second, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. That looks really good. Did, did you yes. know that that movie ends yes. up in the States with That'd be the dinosaurs? That'd be real good. Real good. July 6th, Ant-Man and Wasp. Yeah. July 13th, Skyscraper. July 20th, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. July 27th, Mission Impossible Fallout. August 3rd, Disney's Christopher Robbins. 
August the 10th, the Meg. That's stop right there just for a moment. Okay. That movie is going to do massive box office. It will do well in the United States, but in Asia, it's going to be huge. I mean, huge. And they're and they're gearing up for that because if you watch the trailer, watch closely, a lot of Asian actors in this motion picture. Speaking of that, August 17th, Crazy Rich Asians from Warner Brothers. Crazy Rich Asians. It's going to be off the chain hilarious, man. <laughs> it is going to be it off the chain. It is going to be good. like the weekend in Vegas. The hangover. <laughs> it is going to be like that first hangover film. I'm okay. telling you, it's going to be hilarious. Okay, now let me tell you hilarious. another movie that's sitting out there. It's nobody, going to no, bust the gut, cry funny. Nobody's saying anything about it yet. The trailer comes out today. Uh-huh. Denzel Washington, Equalizer 2. Well, that goes the same weekend as Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. That's some that's nice counter program. July that's, 20th. That it's going to be a good film. Yeah, there's no doubt. It's going to be a good film. The first one was great. So, yeah, those are the big ones coming up, and I'm glad that they're out there. Uh, but like I've said before, I want, and, and those will be worldwide, massive box office, and they'll be good in the States. But I want us to develop more of a domestic movie market, um, you know, and, and they've got it in other countries, Russia, India, China, France. You know, they've got their own movies that they make and they play well in their countries. I want us to develop more of that here. You know, there's a really good American movie coming up, you know, Lean on Pete, May the 4th at Riverdale. And another cool one from the same team that brought you uh, Juno, uh, this movie called Tully. And they'll both be at Riverdale 10 on May the 4th, Riverdale10.com, to get your tickets and check out your showtimes. But just some good American-made films that are going to appeal to Americans and do well in the domestic box office. You know, that's coming up, you know. And and, and I I, want to see more of that. Um, You know, we had a lot of that with, uh, you know, in the holiday time frame, like The Greatest Showman. Such a such a domestic a hit in America. Movie. Just a great film. That's a good, good movie. I, I, I love movies like that that really track well in the United States. Don't get me wrong, Black Panther, Worldwide Phenomenon, that's awesome. Yeah. Avengers, The Infinity War, that's awesome. But I'm glad to see movies getting made and released in the United States that have a specific appeal to the American audience. We need that. Not everything has to be a global sensation. You know, it's good to have some domestic box office there. And and totally on May the 4th and lean on Pete, May the 4th, Riverdale 10. They'll, they'll, they'll be really good for that. We've got some more this, this summer as well that are, that are going to do well in the States. Uh, Book Club looks like a cool comedy from Paramount. I think people are really going to enjoy that. Show Dogs from Open Road on May the 18th be good for little kids. Um, you know, and Disney's got those kid hits coming up this summer, Incredibles too. Incredibles, yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be a monster hit. By the way. $1.2 billion for this franchise. Just hit it this week worldwide. Which one? This franchise. What franchise am I talking about? Hit $1.2 billion this week. Black Panther? Nope. Uh, Jumanji? The franchise. Several, the franchise? Fa- several different movies. Uh, mm, Marvel? Come, come the, on, Zach. The Avengers movies? No. What? The Conjuring movies. Oh, okay. They've now made worldwide... billion. That's why in September, that's when It came out last year, remember? Yeah. It came out last year in September. This same 
exact day, I believe, is going to be uh, the release of The Nun. Can't wait. Oh, I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to it. That that woman was scary in Conjuring too. <laughs> she was scary, and I guess next year it's going to be uh, the man, uh, yeah, the crooked his, man, or yeah, whatever. Right. Okay. What are you hearing about? See again, horror selling right. well again. What are you hearing about Slender Man? Well, it's uh, August 24th from Sony Screen Gems. Uh, it's coming out that that. Um, friday the 24th and typically that's that back to school weekend there mm-hmm. and they typically put out a horror film during that time frame i mean typically that first friday in um in uh january and then the friday after school has started across the country they have horror films both of those weekends and typically you get the teenagers out for those movies that's the the programming behind that you don't have any horror at christmas so they follow it that first friday in, in january and it's almost like the teens and high school students get back to school, and they all gather and go watch a scary movie Let's that Friday go out night. And get scared. That's what they do. Yeah. And, and so every Friday after public schools have started in August, they have a horror movie there, and that seems to be a great weekend for scary movies. And they must be expecting a lot out of Slenderman to yeah. get at that date. So, and and I don't know how wide it will go. Typically, um, a screens gem release from Sony is not a wide playing motion picture. Uh, Proud Mary was a screen gem, for example. So wow, it didn't that hit was a lot such of, a good picture. Didn't hit a lot of screens across the country, but uh, typically they are they're a little bit uh, a little bit reserved in the release pattern for those screen hmm. gems. So yeah, but, but I bet you you don't have it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll play it. Yeah, if you get it at Riverdale, I'll come see it. Yeah, I, I don't think that people realize, uh, you know, we've talked about this before, you know, you live in Cabot. Uh, there's not a town uh, in North America uh, that has recliner seating that's anywhere near the size of Cabot. That's a great place to go see a movie. And Cabot, Cabot and Cersei get a lot of films uh, that you don't see in small towns across Arkansas. Uh, movies come into Cabot and Cersei that don't play in Batesville, Harrison, Bella Vista, uh, Pine Bluff, you know, a lot of these smaller towns that are the size of Cabot or Cersei or a little larger uh, that don't get those movies. So, um, you know, I, I I don't think people realize that, you know, I think I think that I think they go to the movies if they live in Cersei and Cersei or in the big city. And they go to movies in Cabot or in the big city. Um, I wish some of the people that live in Cersei or Cabot would watch a movie sometime or just stop by the theater sometime and walk in uh, to the theater in Pine Bluff, Batesville, Harrison, Hmm. Bella Vista, uh, you know, uh, Clinton, Clinton, Heber Springs. Clinton's like they got two big screen TVs up on the wall. Mountain View, (laughs) uh, Mountain Home, uh, you know, Malvern. Stuttgart, Wynn, yeah. Forest City, Clarksville, Mina, you know, and just see, you know, what's actually out there um, at the in, in the in the small towns across uh, Arkansas. Yeah, you know, I really wish they would. Okay, some movies we did not mention. Yeah, when Solo come out? I told you May twenty fifth. I've been talking about oh, okay. it, man. Following up Deadpool. Deadpool is May eighteenth. Solo of Star Wars stories May twenty fifth. We mentioned it, man, about okay. ten times. All right, All yeah. Right. For some reason, it didn't register. With you were me. still hung up on Avengers, man. Um, yeah, I like Avengers. I'm looking forward <laughs> to that movie. It's going to yep. be great. Yep. All right. So another female looks like she signed up for Wonder Woman two. What? 
Another woman. What? I mean, Gail Gadot's going to play right, Wonder of course, Woman. Of course, of course, of course. Who else? Who would be the perfect female to have in Wonder Woman 2? Think. Come on, guys. Linda, Linda Carter. Linda's coming. <laughs> Linda nice. Carter signed Linda. the contract. Nice. She's Linda's be coming. In it. Linda's coming. That's I like great. It. That's going to be. Like that's it. that's perfect. You want her to have her her cameo. Well, I'll tell you the movie that I'm really looking forward to this summer. It's not going to do a whole lot of box office though, okay. but I'm really looking forward to it. That's Sicario Two. Yes. Oh yes. yes. Soldado. I love mm-hmm. that guy that writes on June twenty eighth. Okay. I I am watching that the moment. They send the yep. keys to the film. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I will be watching that. All right, the moment we can turn it on. Okay, that's the one I'm looking forward to all summer long. That's the one I'm excited about. I'll watch Deadpool. I'll watch Solo at some point. Right. At some point, I'll watch Avengers. At some point, I'll watch Jurassic World. But the moment I can watch it's it, that one, yeah, I am watching Sicario. Just to the <laughs> moment, just because of the guy who's writing the script. If the key goes live at midnight Wednesday night, boom, twelve oh one a.m. I'm you. watching it. Okay, so I'm so fired up about that film. I, I, I loved all his movies, man. Well, yeah, Sicario, Hell or High Water. Mm-hmm. I mean, come the one, on, what is it? Something to win. The one that was just uh, Wind out. River, Wind River, man. Yeah, Wind River. Yep. If that had been released by anybody but the Weinstein Company, yeah. the Oscar nominations for that film, oh, man. A lot of them. Wind River was awesome. Yeah, it was a great motion Those picture. three movies off the hook. Yeah. Wind River, Sicario, Hell or High Water. If you haven't seen those three movies, watch them. Amazing. Yeah, you've denied yourself great motion pictures. Watch them at home this weekend if you haven't seen them. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be worth your time. Also, uh, the movie that we have not even mentioned in a lot of weeks, and it's kind of surprising. And I wonder what it bodes for the movie. Aquaman. Right. Aquaman. Yeah, that comes out this summer yeah, but as well. No, Aquaman's at Thanksgiving, man. Is Christmas. It, it's already yeah. back. It's out yeah, in that yeah, area. Yeah, okay, yeah. so anyway. It's way far But we're not there, hearing man. anything about it. That's well, kind no, of man. I mean, I mean, people people got to get these, these heavy hitters under the belt, man. Avengers Affinity War. You know, then they got to get to Deadpool 2, Solo, A Star Wars Story, The Incredibles 2, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Skyscraper, Equalizer 2, Mission Impossible Fallout. You know, people have to get all that under their belt before they start worrying does about... It, does it surprise you that there's a few movies out there that are going to come out this summer that we really haven't seen? Uh, big, uh, All we've seen for... Wasp man, uh, the Wasp and uh, Ant-Man uh-huh. has been the uh, the large uh, poster for the theaters, which is <laughs> it's got them on the poster right? the size that they That's are when they're cool. shrink down, all shrunk down. Some alternative marketing. But I haven't seen a trailer yet for, of, right. of, of hardly any of that movie. That's yeah. kind of surprising. I, I think you'll see that on Avengers. They had to show up yeah. on Avengers? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, they'll do that. Disney will tag that in there. Uh, you know, Disney will... Send out a letter, uh, and it will demand that uh, you know Solo and uh, Incredibles two yeah. and Ant Man versus Wasp has to be played in front of previewed, those movies, yeah, on previewed on Avengers, and they'll okay. be the yeah you know, they'll send you out a demand letter telling okay. you that. So you'll see it. You'll see those three previews on Avengers. So what else does Universal have this this year? Well, Universal has Breaking In on May the eleventh. Uh, Universal has Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom on June 22nd. Universal has The First Purge on July 4th. Universal has Skyscraper July 13th. That would be a big winner for them. 
Universal has Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, July 20th. Um, that's their summer. That's I mean, it. that's that's uh, that is a front loaded Universal summer to vacuum up maximum dollars. Now they've got Bloomhouse out there that's making the money too, though. Right, right. Because Bloomhouse is going to be out there. They're going to be part of. Aren't they part of the Conjuring group? Yeah, but now they don't have a release after Truth or Dare. They won't be back on deck till the fall. Yeah, September is yeah. is the nun. So yeah, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I guess everybody thinks that you know when you look at the summer, clear the decks for uh, the Avengers. Well, not just the Avengers, all those other titles that we've and talked the, about, and the Incredibles. And, and you too. can you know if you're going to have a film that skews heavy male, it's going to be a big film. You can kind of program that with a film that skews heavy female. Having the Equalizer two and Mamma Mia, here we go again on the same weekend in July is genius. You know, makes sense. Sometimes Hollywood makes mistakes, but sometimes they get it right. Although women love Denzel, not when he's shooting people in the face. That kind of has a tendency. I don't know. To, he can make it sexy. Uh, <laughs> no, when you got a lot of estrogen flowing through your brain, you know, flowing through your body, shooting people in the face is not cool. <laughs> So, no. Couples will go to the movies together that weekend, and the women will go to Mama Mia, and the guys will go to Equalizer 2, and then they'll meet up in the lobby afterwards, hit the restroom, and head to the house. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, not... Be, yeah, the, the, Because they, yeah. they will have filled their belly with food. Yes, hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully they've had some adult beverages at all of my locations, and... Got him some pizza and had a cold beer. And, I will, you know. I don't make I don't make the same mistakes twice. At least yeah. I try not to. Yeah, there you All go. Right. We'll be back. All right. We'll be back in just a moment. I'll have Matt run through what are the movies at all the different theaters that you can go see this weekend on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Let's uh, continue on. We're just sitting here, and on my phone, all of a sudden, I get a ding. And popping up on my phone is the trailer for Equalizer 2. Ah, and so okay. Zach and I just want, we didn't get to see the whole thing. Uh-huh. We saw a good go portion of Had to me, go back to work. Yeah, let me just say that Denzel is definitely the equalizer in this Absolutely. movie. This is uh, going to be more harsh than the original. Absolutely. It looks really good. It's R for a reason. Yeah, it looks really good. I'm cool. telling you. He's going. He's going after Russian mafia and and jihadists. There you time. go. <laughs> All right. Well, let good. me tell you what's popping off. Go ahead, man. <laughs> Riverdale10.com. Now, Tuesday night we got the Big Lebowski at seven o'clock. Tickets are already on sale. Tickets are on sale for the Avengers: Affinity War next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Go to Riverdale10.com. Grab those tickets now. They will go fast. Playing this weekend. I feel pretty. Traffic. Super Troopers Two. Beirut. Rampage, Chappaquiddick, Ready Player One, Blockers, A Quiet Place, Truth or Dare, Owl of Dogs. If you have not seen A Quiet Place, be sure to see it in a theater. Riverdale10.com. Get your advance tickets right there. Check out the 40 different beers we serve, eight different wines. Recliner seats with tables and reserved seating and full cooked meals, Riverdale10.com. If you're in Hot Springs, it's HotspringsVIP.com. Go ahead and buy your advance tickets there. I Feel Pretty, Rampage, A Quiet Place, Blockers, Truth or Dare, 
and I can only imagine. And, of course, we're serving beer and wine in Hot Springs. We have the luxury leather electric recliners with tables and reserved seating. See the full food menu, 40 different beers, eight different wines right there at hotspringsvip.com. Coming later this year, more screens in Hot Springs and a new parking lot. So be looking forward to that. In Dave's hometown at Cabot 8 VIP Cinema, you can catch us online, silverscreencabot.com. Avengers tickets are already on sale for next weekend, silverscreencabot.com. Buy your advanced tickets. Full food menu in Cabot, fresh made-to-order hot meals, electric leather, luxury recliners with tables and reserved seating right there in Cabot. We hope to be serving adult beverages this summer. Showing this weekend, I feel pretty, truth or dare, rampage, a quiet place, I can only imagine, ready player one, black panther, sergeant stubbing American hero, and blockers, silverscreencabot.com, check out that full food menu of ready, made to order, pizza, chicken strips, cheeseburgers, french fries, hot dogs, corn dogs, pretzels, nachos, pie, ice cream, you name it, silverscreencabot.com. And if you're up north in the big city of Cersei, it's CerseiCinema.com. We're playing I Can Only Imagine, Truth or Dare, Ready Player One, I Feel Pretty, Black Panther, A Quiet Place, Blockers, Rampage, and Sergeant Stubby, an American Hero. CerseiCinema.com. Tickets on sale for Avengers at all those locations. Go to the website to buy your advanced tickets. Avengers plays for the first time Thursday night. Don't forget Big Lebowski at 7 o'clock Tuesday night at the Riverdale 10. And the Kids Summer Movie Series returns this summer in Hot Springs, Cabot, and Cersei. I will have nine movies for nine weeks this summer in the morning for the kids. All the movies are rated PG. Popcorn and soda will only be $1.00 during those movies they'll be posted to the website next week all right there you go that's a whole rundown don't forget get your popcorn bucket uh you get popcorn on uh any other night four dollars get it on wednesday absolutely free that's the theater group 2018 200 ounces right yes the theater group 2018 refill bucket buy the bucket every wednesday night for the rest of the year the popcorn is free and Tuesday thursday through tuesday it's only four dollars for a refill all right that wraps it up with matt this week we'll be back in two weeks to talk more about the movies he's going to vegas i'm going to have my mouth healing up but right now here's fox news all right back with you it is uh 25 minutes till four coming up around the four o'clock hour or thereabouts mitch breitweiser will be here and tim Lim will be here dr Lim will uh, join us in studio and uh want to touch base on what the left is doing to destroy the careers of conservative artisans. And, uh, for instance, uh, the guy who's been doing the Green Lantern low 10 years now and has done some uh, great graphic novels and great some great comics uh, has been attacked by the left and a large percentage of uh, people on that side of the political spectrum told DC Comics this guy needed to lose his gig, and he did. They fired him. They let him go because some people on the left didn't like him. We're going to talk about that coming up because 
there there is a war going on i'm just telling you whether you're aware of it or not there is a war going on but before we get into talking about all of that i brought him my my buddy and my producer man you have and, high expectations and, of me don't you? and the operations manager of of a 101.1 fm and 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 that's russ russ mckinney is uh he and i have known each other now over a decade and uh he's a, Sad. a great uh, a great <laughs> great uh, producer and he's a, he's a great talent he gets things done that need to get done well he got his name drawn from the uh, pool of eligible voters and was asked to go to jury duty and today was his first day well today was was um what do they call that uh, orientation orientation day, right? day yeah okay which means what that i basically go in the room with the other hundred people that got their names drawn and we all sit in there and listen to the bailiff tell us that uh every tuesday starting may 1st for the foreseeable future up until august 31st we have to make august a yeah dude you gotta make a phone call make a phone a call week, right? once a week on tuesday uh to find out whether we have um a trial a trial the next day so if we've got a trial the next day then we leave our names if we are available to do so mm-hmm. and show up at eight forty-five the next morning at the courthouse and sit and then and, they'll make up their mind if they really the if the lawyers want you to sit on the trial right correct and from there then you'll sit on the trial uh and if you're not one of the 12 angry men then you'll uh you'll go and go on about your duty okay so here's my question now this is going to go on until august you do realize the do have have they asked you any questions about your personal life or anything yet yeah they did okay that was all on a form that was mailed with the notice Okay. And the, the the personal questions were there, and you know if you uh, they of course they asked some personal questions today, and the the one that they asked was, uh, have you been convicted of a felony? And if you are, don't raise your hand right now. Just come see us afterward. Mm-hmm. And if you've got any other questions about your service, of course. They they, they limit us if you work for Dave Ellswick, maybe you shouldn't be on a jury. Dude, I've got more people that it can get me out of jury duty right now. I'm not worried about this. If you just, if you just say I'm Dave Ellswick's producer, you will be denied jury duty. Of course, duty. I will. <laughs> did they ask? Did they ask if you believe in the death penalty? No. Huh. They'll get around to a belief when they do. If it's a murder trial. Yeah, That'd well, they do what? Yeah, they'll 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 hit me up and ask me questions like that, and I'm you not say, worried about you know, that. One bullet to the side of the temple. You know. Forget three bad digits. I want one, <laughs> nine. <laughs> Save them some trouble. I'm just saying, man. That um, that it's how did it feel in that room? Were people like nervous? No, not really. They were just a room full of people sitting okay. around. They were all right about it. And all we were doing, they got, one of the bailiffs got up there and stood up in front of us and explained to us all about it. Okay, so, so today is 420. Was there anybody that lit up? No. 
There were some people that looked like they did, but nobody did. <laughs> Just wondering if they were, you know, a little were, high when they, they, they got there, there. There were a couple of young ones in there that looked like, yeah, they could quite possibly. Speaking of that, can I bring you up on some breaking information here? Are you, you're going to be interested in hearing this. Little Chucky Schumer has had it. Uh, the Senate Minority Leader, Little Chucky Schumer, uh, today announced his intention to introduce legislation to decriminalize marijuana federally. It was 420, 20 minutes ago yeah. in D.C. <laughs> okay. So here you go. You know, quote, today I am formally announcing my plan to decriminalize marijuana at the federal level. It's time we allow states once and for all to have the power to decide what works best for them. His official announcement followed a Thursday night interview with Vice News in which he discussed his legalization agenda. Uh, Schumer also signed a bong for the new site, (laughs) which has attained a marijuana-laced reputation with articles like, quote, the best weed strains for mind-blowing sex, unquote. So anyway, Schumer... uh, His bill would remove marijuana from the federal drug schedule, a list of regulated substances created by the Controlled Substances Act, administered by DEA. Marijuana currently a Schedule One drug, meaning it is considered both to have a high potential for abuse and no accepted medical use. Now, that last part has changed uh, over the last few years. Uh, The scheduling has been continuous since the list was first created in 71, the designation puts marijuana alongside drugs like heroin, LSD, ecstasy, and quaaludes. So that, that's I mean, what we've Schumer always heard to. it was the gateway. That's what they always said. And I always said, if that's the case, then beer's got to be the gateway to marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Beer's the gateway to everything. Yeah, everything else. That's exactly right. Or maybe Ripple. Is the gateway to everything, Mad Dog 2020. Oh, man, little Mogan David goes a long <laughs> it way. Would. It would. It gets you want to drink something else, that's for sure. <laughs> not it. That's nope. not what you want to be drinking. Get a, get a brick of Mad Dog and go to town. So, but was it, you know, did you feel like, uh, you know, you were in a scene for 12 Angry Men today? No. No, nothing like because, that. Because, huh? I mean, this this is a this is a room, a pool of of. I don't know if it was a hundred people or not, but there's a lot of a you. lot of us in there. I mean, if you if you've if you've ever been into the courtroom, you you know you've got the box, you've got the gallery, mm-hmm. you've got all the chairs sitting up in uh, where the where the attorneys and the defendants sit, right. And I'll show you what a judge said. Everybody, well, we were all sitting in all the chairs. Oh, okay. Did, were you sitting in the judge's chair? No, I was uh-huh. not. No, well, they wouldn't let you sit up in the judge's chair. <laughs> I thought about it. I would have I my started to go up there. You should have. But there were chairs that were empty in the, so I was sitting up on the, uh, on the defendant's table. They would, they would have, if you had gone and sat in the judge's, uh, you know, see, they would have said, you work for Dave Ellswick, don't you? <laughs> You'd say. No, but my great-grandfather sat in this chair once. Know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that's not, hey, he's not blowing smoke here. That's true. 
his daddy was a or Grand, my great granddad. Daddy was a was a judge. Yep. Was he also known as a hanging judge? No, he was not the hanging judge. Did he? Did he hang like the, he was the cowboy shoot, he was a, he and was the a, horse? He was a shooting judge. <laughs> oh, he shot him, huh? <laughs> Okay, good. No, That's even better. Saves money. He, he shot ducks. He shot oh, deer. Oh, he shot. okay. I was just going to say, rope is more expensive than one bullet. I mean, one bullet, done. Finished through. Quite possibly okay. more expensive. So did anybody ask a stupid question? I know mm. you didn't. You're a smart man. No, nobody asked a stupid Not question. Not one of those 420 people didn't ask, like, you know, can I light up while the trial's going on? No. <laughs> I get nervous. You're trying to get me out of jury duty right now, aren't you? <laughs> I told you if you want, to, you didn't want to do it, I could help you out of it. Oh, I, I look, no doubt about it. I know plenty of attorneys who could get me, probably. Get why me. that? You got me. <laughs> yeah. Dave yes, Ellswick? Russ, Russ yes, I know like Dave him. Ellswick personally. He and has told me how to think. <laughs> yes. And how to go about, we believe... Everybody, they wouldn't be here unless they were guilty, so hang them all. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. We we have fun. I When I heard he was going in for jury duty, I just, one of the great benefits of signing up to vote. <laughs> That's how they find out. I know. Yeah, because. I mean, they want more people to vote. Don't make that part of it. My son got called up for jury duty at one point because. He signed up to vote. That's the way it works. Yep. That's how they find you. This is the first time I've ever been called to jury duty. Yeah. I have one time I walked in and you know how you write, you put your name down? Put my name down. Well, maybe don't do it here like that. But I put my name down and they had two legal guys sitting there and they looked. They go, are you the Dave Ellswick that blah, blah, blah? I said, yes, sir. He said, you can go home. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they said. And was nobody going to use me. They knew who you were. Yep. And, and they knew how I felt. I've never never been ashamed to share that. Yep. If if you were a child molester or murderer or rapist, I think you should go right behind the uh the uh, you know, the, the the jury room and they take you outside, put you on your knees and we put one in the bottom of your skull. That's the way I I see it. Wow. <laughs> You don't need don't, don't need a whole waste lot of the it. taxpayers. That's dollars. exactly. Don't be wasting wasting everybody's money. Take them behind the courthouse and be done with it. Especially if it's a child molester. Don't even waste room in prison for them. Just say it. No, I think you just tattoo child molester on their forehead. Yeah, child molester. It won't last long. <laughs> okay. Thanks for coming in and spending time with me, Russ. Thank you for ruining my chances at being a <laughs> juror ever in Pulaski County. 12 angry men you'll be <laughs> lee j cobb you'll be the guy screaming he's guilty <laughs> we'll take a break it's the dave elswick show all right so zach have you seen the latest story came out today about smallville actress allison mack no yeah have you have you been following this story with her being part of the sex cult no uh all right, the newest part of it just came out. She's been arrested for her alleged role in the notorious upstate sex slave cult, Nexvin. Uh, she is expected to appear Friday, uh, that's today, 
in Brooklyn federal court on charges of sex trafficking and forced labor. The bus comes less than a month after Nexium leader Keith Rainier was collared on the same charges at a luxury villa in Mexico where they had been hiding out since one of their slaves in October went public with her experience in the cult. This is already sounding like a Netflix documentary. Uh, Max, 35, was uh, Rainier's direct slave and had a sexual relationship with him, but also acted as a a master to other slaves who were forced to have sex with Rainier and get his initials burned into their pubic region with a cauterizing pen, according to the criminal complaint. As the women were being branded like cattle, Mac allegedly placed her hands on their chests and told them to feel the pain and to think of their master, prosecutors say. The uh, actress first lured the women into the secret society within Nexum known as The Vow and cajoled them into providing collateral like embarrassing photos and statements to use as blackmail, according to the Fed prosecutors. She then allegedly groomed the slaves for sex with Rainier, ordering them to adhere to extremely restrictive diets, refrain from removing their pubic hair, and to stay celibate. She also forced them to pose naked for photos, including on one occasion close-up pictures of their hoo-hahs, which were given to Rainier and also used as collateral, the Fed's charge. Mac and other slave masters allegedly made their slaves participate in readiness drills, requiring them to respond to requests at any time of the day or night so that they were seriously sleep-deprived. One of her slaves became so thin and tired that she stopped uh, getting periods. Mac, who played Chloe Sullivan on the hit superhero show, was recruited to Nexium by fellow Smallville star Kristen Crook in 2006 and rose up the ranks into Rainier's inner circle, while Crook ultimately left the group's former publicist previously told The Post. Mac was last seen chasing after Rainier in Mexico as cops hauled him away. Both face at least 15 years behind bars and a maximum sentence of life imprisonment. How do you go from playing on the show Smallville, which is a show about Superman as a young man, to being... The sex slave recruiter, person. Yeah, yeah, recruiter. Why would she do that? That just doesn't make it's any just, sense. Oh, it's so bizarre. I mean, it's really, this is just a bizarre story. And Crook, Crook is the one who got her interested in it. Right. And then she said, I read an article with uh, Kristen saying that, you know, as she started looking deeper mm-hmm. into this organization, she started seeing the uh, sexual part of it 
and felt uncomfortable and left. Mm. It's just it's just a really strange, strange story. That means Allison would know from the get go from Christian. Yeah. So why would she get it? That's just mm-hmm. yeah. She got she got into a deep, evidently really deep, because she you know if she's running after this guy as the police are arresting him and you know perp walking him to the car or whatever. Yeah. And she's chasing after him. Mm-hmm. She was all in. Mm-hmm. You know, she was all in. She believed everything that was going on. Uh, I, I want to read this guy's book. I'm sure there's a book about what he believes and and see how close to Scientology it is. <laughs> I'm just saying. That whole Scientology thing is is cuckoo, too. <laughs> I got to tell you. It really, it really is. I forget what that lady's name is. That uh, She was a an up-and-comer in, in Hollywood, and she st- started doing the documentary about being clear. Mm-hmm. That was to watch that show. Yeah, was like hearing people from an alternate universe who had been put into something, and and the Klingons were running things or something. Did you ever watch any of those episodes? Being I, clear. Nope. It's scary, man. It really. You can get it. I mean, it's. It was an HBO documentary. Okay. You should watch it. I'm sure it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And then she, I forget who it was, A&E maybe, who picked it up and she was doing like every week she would have a person who was leaving Scientology. And I guess you've seen that Scientology has their own channel now on, uh, you know, satellite TV. Mm. They have their own channel. Mm. You know what they say about people uh, when they say that, uh, you know, if you believe in nothing, you'll fall for everything. Right. That's where those people are. True. You know, Mm -hmm. they don't have any truth at all in their lives. They don't know what they believe. And so they'll believe anything. If somebody can offer them something that somehow touches them. Yeah. You know. Uh, in in their lives, it's, it's, it's scary. I believe that's why Katie Holmes got away from Tom Cruise. It might be. I've heard Cruise is uh, is is distancing himself right. now from Scientology. Me too. Mm-hmm. If you're paying any attention, the guy at the top is like a gazillionaire, and he's taking money from Cruise, and he's taking money from John Travolta and all these actresses and yeah. actors, and the, and they're giving millions of dollars. It makes no sense. And all of a sudden, Tom says, hmm, I don't think I need to do this anymore. <laughs> I mean, he was, he's a big deal. He sure was. He was a huge mm-hmm. deal. In it really was. And he, and his eyes were not wide shut when it, when it went, when he went into Scientology, his eyes were wide open mm-hmm. going into that stuff. And I mean, if you just listen to some of the things that they say, you know, they're just crazy, you know, that's just crazy stuff. And that they're always wanting money from you and they're always making you hold those two little things in your hands so they can see if your mind is keeping clear all right today Ellswick show mitch and uh tim will be with us here in just a few moments we've got to get to you some uh, fox news find out what's going on mitch brightweiser and dr timothy Lim up next here on the dave Ellswick show all right, let's move into the uh, 4 o'clock hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's a Friday show. This is a good Friday for me, all right, because 
I got the weekend in front of me, and today was payday. That's always a good Friday for me. The only way it could be any better is that Monday was a holiday. Then yeah. you got a long weekend coming up, and that's that's a perfect Friday, to be honest with me. All right, so Mitch Breitweiser and Tim Lim are here, and Mitch has brought in a buddy of his, and I'm I'm thinking that somehow this is some kind of setup. Oh yeah, you <laughs> this said is that, an intervention. Yeah, yeah. You're Dave. saying you're saying that he's he's a psychologist, right? He is. Yes, Doctor okay. Brian. Anderson. I do not believe. I am not part of Nexum. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Allison sure. Mack did I, not convince me to yeah. become a sex slave. We're going to have to inspect Although your body for branding, Dave. Uh, so <laughs> right, no, if no, you're no. going to convince us. I, I didn't sign on for that. Yeah, I don't yeah. think. Yeah, it would take an army to try to brand my genitals. That, that would be very difficult. I'm just telling you right now, I, can, I may be 65, but I can fight like a 25-year-old at that point. Yeah, well, we know and you can fight off on. Allison Mack, yeah. at least. <laughs> Well, she better be ready to fight if she goes to a women's prison. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. She yeah. better be ready to fight. So, you know, Brian, why are you here? What what brings you here other than and Mitch said, you know, I bet you'd like to be on the radio, wouldn't you? And you, <laughs> not knowing that you're going to end up on my show, went, well, of course. And then you come into the studio, and I've got all kinds of cardboard people standing up and looking at yeah, you. Yeah, I'm looking around. I'm getting to know a lot about you already. <laughs> Um, That's funny. Now, well, actually, um, I had worked with Mitch and his wife. Uh, I'm a certified personal trainer as well. And, really? Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I really believe in the fusion of the, the mental and the physical. He's there. making us look tough. Yeah. Don't <laughs> wait, look at him as the Wait example. a second. Roll those sleeves up a little bit. Can you zoom over there on Mitch? This is the result of Dr. Brian Anderson's work here. Look at, look at, here we go. We'll go. Elizabeth is very zoom happy. In. Come on, zoom in a little bit. All right. Look, look he's getting caps on yes. top of those, those biceps. No Good more job. noodle arms. Yeah. How do you get... How do you work out and you get the little caps on top of your biceps? How do you do that? Uh, you just do a lot of uh, repetition. High, yeah, high, lot, a lot of high reps. A lot of high reps. Low, low weight, high high reps. Is yeah, that middle is? weight, middle reps. You know. Okay, um, so middle weight is how much? Forty pounds? Oh uh, well, not not for many people. <laughs> no, he's looking maybe at maybe around fifteen, twenty pounds. <laughs> oh, okay. Weight. I had to start. You light, haven't Dave. worked out with me yet, have you? <laughs> you need to come work out with me. Let's do it. I started uh, a, a working. Out, I'm. Man, I used to be a gym rat, and so I decided it was time to get back into shape again. So I'm starting on my sixth week of, of lifting again, and I started slow, and I do mean slow, slow. Uh, where I was doing bench presses at 65 pounds. Now, that's the ultimate, you know, kickstand in my face weight, you know, mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But uh, yesterday I was over there, I was up to 140 pounds now. Well, I'm getting wow. there. Yeah. My goal is to, you know, bench press my weight again. Good. That's what I want to do. Yeah, that's that's a very good goal. Yeah. So do that, and so if you go on a diet at the same time, you can you hit bring your the goal. Weight down. Yeah, right. much easier, right? So well, I'm I'm just get down to 65. You're set. Yeah. I'm sure you've already heard this from Brian, and that is, if you're trying to get in shape, trying to, well, you need to put on weight. All right, you need to be drinking those, I don't know, milkshakes <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah, boost. There you go. You know, I need to cut back on my on on a lot of things, but your diet is ninety percent mm. of getting into shape. Mm-hmm. And yeah. The other, the perspiration part is only ten percent. If you can be really diligent and be really anal about your diet, you're going to do really good. Did you attempt to body shame me 
Dave. No. I think so. I think no. that was a body shame. That's why, a bullying. Oh, this is why I'm a psychologist. <laughs> yeah. I'm really here for you, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> we we weren't wearing cahoots here. Dave I'll, this I, is my intervention. I, you know what? The left will probably come to your defense now. Uh, yeah, no, think, that yeah, won't happen. So. No, you're a Trumper. <laughs> oh, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> Cross the Rubicon. No going back. That is exactly, that's exactly right. When you look at our culture right now, Doc, does it scare you? Oh, yeah, definitely. It does. Uh, what scares me most is really the diminishing of individual judgment. Uh, most often when I meet with people and I'm trying to get them to critically think about something, uh, it's hard for them to analyze rationally two sides of an argument, even to take someone else's perspective, because they almost feel entitled that they don't have to. Things need to kind of cater to them. So, you know, with, with, with proper massaging, you kind of build a rapport and, and you help them see the disadvantage. No, you're not that. saying touching people. Let's, let's no, say that because no. if we start talking about touching people, the left will go crazy. Yeah, that's right. And I've already mentioned I'm a personal <laughs> trainer, so this will get sticky. No, 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 no. Like massaging the relationship, kind of, you know, easing your way into it slowly, um, building the trust there. But, yeah, it does scare me. It does a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I got to believe for a lot of psychologists now. They look out, and I think we're looking at a just a complete, at least for younger people. I'm not, not, not saying 65-year-olds like myself, but probably 35-year-olds and down, a majority of them are very narcissistic. You know, the world, I always talk, I used to have to talk to my teenagers with them and say, you know, the world doesn't revolve around you. Problem is, a lot of the young people, that's exactly what they think now, mm. that the world revolves around them. And that's really scary. Between that, and I don't know which one I'm more scared of, that or the people who honestly believe there is no rock-solid truth. So everybody has to come up with their own truth. Does everybody understand that if everybody comes up with their own truth, there is no truth? Yeah, everything becomes deconstructed and yeah, and, scary. Uh, yeah, it is. That's a scary world. Yeah, for sure. That's that's There's not no anchors in that world. No again. anchors in that world at all. We'll yeah. be we'll be we'll be killing Jews and people again. Well, we're killing millions of babies as it is. But I'm just saying, you know, there is no truth at that point. And that is a scary place to be. When yeah. there's no, no truth, then then you end up with things like no virtue or no set of societal rules that no we can beauty. all govern. No, yeah, yeah, no beauty, no standards in beauty for art and culture and uh, excellence. Um, so, I think really this postmodern idea that there's no one ultimate truth is an extension of people feeling like their voice can't be heard. And I think when you lend an ear even in a therapeutic setting, to someone's experience, um, they're a little bit more capable of letting go of the idea that, you know, everyone's opinion is valid. Um, but that takes work. But this postmodern idea that there is no one truth, there is no one standard, is a dangerous thing. And, and I've read recently where that's even kind of starting to, uh, like a, a snake eating its own tail, it, it's starting to kind of consume itself. Uh, it's, there's a backlash even within um, extremist groups, uh, even in Hollywood now, you have individuals kind of going at each other. They're eating their own. Good. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I, I'm sorry. I just, they scare me. They, I, those are the people that end up, you know, burning, well, you, this doesn't bother you, burning books and stuff. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm still stuck in the, in the 60s and the 70s when that was 
really important things when you right. start burning books. But explain explain to Brian what you feel about book burning. Oh yeah, what do you feel about book burning here? <laughs> it's interesting. Well, I mean, I, it, and I mean, it's it's the visual. It's a metaphor for something that's that's deeper. And like we we respond to the image of burning books very viscerally because you know books contain knowledge, and knowledge is how we learn and how we improve ourselves and empower ourselves as individuals. Um, but it's a metaphor for what's already going on, in my opinion, whereas they're burning books in your mind before they come out. They're burning ideas. They're setting ideas on fire uh, or they're you know, castigating the, the, the topic or the, the orator of the idea or the root of the idea and burning it before it ever gets in print. Uh, right. And so that way you never have to face the visual of a burning book, mm. but it's all mental and metaphorical. And that's what I think is going on. And that's really scary to me. Mm-hmm. Now, like the we MK are talking Ultra. deep here. Yeah. All right. Let's remember, this is 420. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I mean, what you were saying kind of like sounds like the MK Ultra CI operative programs and so forth. If you can kind of change the perspective of the individual, change the value system, make it very unstable, now you have access to changing an entire culture generation by generation slowly. Yeah, um, and, and then but that kind of so you're doing that in mass to people, right? Whereas what Brian says, how you correct that kind of behavior is like a one-on-one individual experience. So that becomes like an if you have to like connect and you know change someone's life through individual uh, relationship building, massaging, as <laughs> Brian calls it, <laughs> uh, uh, then how, how do you? It, it seems like it's a tidal wave of mass media and mass propaganda that. It's almost impossible to beat on a one-on-one individual basis by changing people's hearts and minds that way. I think you have to have some faith that rationale will um, survive. Uh, I think you have to have some base faith in humanity to some extent. Mm-hmm. Even though you look around, you know, sometimes you see it kind of uh, disintegrating uh, civility and so forth. I, I do see kind of a trend in the opposite direction now in which people are act- actively listening. You have the Jordan Petersons, the Ben Shapiros on the internet, really trying to activate people's rational mind. And that's actually kind of what we even do in therapy is we try and activate um, the reasoning process for an individual to, to kind of create those connections in their brain. It's not always just about talking. It's actually there are exercises and things we want them to engage in to think critically about their situation. So you have these uh, people on the internet and, 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 and within university settings that are kind of rising up and challenging people to think beyond what they're being spoon-fed by the media, essentially. And in many ways, what you're doing, you know, as, a, as, a, as an artist uh, through comics, you are telling a story, um, but even that seems to be somewhat usurped by this uh, agenda of um, everyone has a voice, everyone needs to be heard. And I don't disagree with that, but that doesn't make all voices equal necessarily, that there's some voices you don't want to hear, just maybe no. because, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they just, they're not really shedding good information. Right. Yeah, what seems like they get sometimes those squeaky wheels get a lot of attention. Oh well, <laughs> for sure. Tim, jump in anytime. Yeah, Tim's been quiet. No, no, I'm I'm listening to him. The thing is that um, because I do I I teach um, obviously for rehabilitation and for counseling. Uh, my big thing is uh, it, with the aspect of critical thinking is also the component of logical fallacies, and I find that. In lieu of the absence of critical thinking, people see fallacies as a logical 
step or a logical replacement for them, which is ironic because they're not logical at all, um, even though on under face value they seem like it. I mean, there's one big thing that – and some of them are a little bit more obvious than others. For example, ad hominem fallacies are pretty apparent. Whenever you don't have a good retort, you just call someone a name. And I think at some – Racist. Exactly, like mm. racist, sexist, yeah. homophobe, uh, xenophobe, whatever it might be. And then, so at some level, you chip away at that because at some point someone's going to say that's an ad hominem attack. And then if you've never heard that before, you think – Oh, okay. I didn't know what that was. So you have to find another lot. You have to find another rationale. But a lot of times they resort to another fallacy. Mm-hmm. So another one that is a personal favorite of mine is um, uh, the fallacy of relative privation, where they'll say, "Well, I know that you think that um, illegal immigration is a problem right now, but look at all of." All of this stuff that's happening in the city. What about that? Well, that's the fallacy of relative privation. You're not actually answering what was being presented to you. You're just resorting to another thing unrelated in the hopes that you're able to detract from that. So then you point out to someone, that's fallacy of relative privation. Let's go back on track. And so what I try to do, and of course, it's like a non-political thing because um, obviously I teach audiology, but because in the medical side, uh, part of talking to patients is being able to get them to understand that you're, you have a conflict between your heart and your mind. And a lot of that is just being able to come to terms with what you're doing is you have to when you when you start chipping away at your fallacies and these cognitive dissonances that you have eventually you're going to be a, little, a lot more honest with yourself but it's tough it's it's hard because i'm learning that a lot of people by the graduate level they don't know any of this they were never taught it even though it's considered like a basic basic part of um of simple philosophy mm-hmm. in most um, academic settings that we just don't teach anyone anymore they don't want to teach anybody yeah. this stuff anymore no. Yeah. Because you get too close to the truth again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, you see, for example, a lot of them get their news from like late night and uh, in late night shows, they'll use a lot of um, the fallacy. Uh, what is it called? It's um, reductio ad absurdum, which is if I can make fun of it, it's obviously not true. So if you watch like John Oliver's show, mm-hmm. he doesn't really have a retort and it's not an ad hominem attack. He will just basically repeat something. For example, oh, today the president said that he wants to build a wall on the southern border and then he'll just laugh and the audience will laugh with him. And all he's basically done is just repeat See what how was said. stupid that is? E- exactly. That's what he's saying. Yes. And so I've encountered several people who are adults, fully grown adults in their 30s, and they will repeat that. And I'll say, and it's it's funny because you just counter with a, a poker face and you say, well, so what's wrong with that? And you can see the light bulb go off in their head where it never really occurred to them because in their head, in place of actually thinking about something, that fallacy had come in and filled the gap where logical thinking and rationale should have should have taken place. It's funny you say that because it's probably the same um, approach they were taking in the election of 2016. Mm-hmm. Everybody's laughing, thinking we can just make a sufficient right. joke of this and it, it won't turn reality. And then you discover that their humor isn't enough to actually change facts. Mm-hmm. All right. When we come back, we're going to continue on the conversation. If you want to join in, 823-0965, 823-0965. If you're watching on Facebook Live slash Dave Ellswick Show, you know, just make a comment in the comment section. You keep a kind of a watch on that over there, Zach, for me. And if there's anything important, you can jump on and just read it to us. And uh, we'll be back in just a moment here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. I got four minutes till we get to Fox News, and then uh, we'll be back after we take a break, you know, for capitalism. We got to make a little bit of money here. I hope you're liking the sound of the signal today. 
we know that we had some problems earlier in the week, but Russ uh, went up on the hill on Chennault where the tower is at, and they got it fixed. And from what I'm hearing, we are clear as a bell all the way to Moralton. Mm. Wow. You can listen to us everywhere now. Did he hold it up himself? Went uh, up there and yeah, physically he, raised it? They said that. He was, on, he was like King Kong. He was on the top <laughs> of the tower holding up the thing, aiming it back at the building. I believe it. So, with Russ, I'd believe anything. I'll be honest with you. He's just that kind of guy. So, Mitch, I wanted to, when we come back and we pick this up again, and uh, Brian, I want you to get involved in it, and, and Tim definitely can get involved in it as well. Uh, and I told the listeners we were going to talk about this, is how the left is attacking people on the right and their way of attacking you is trying to take away your livelihood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the I, future, we're going to have one of your friends on when he's ready to talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got maybe a few friends that'd like to talk to you. So, okay. Yeah, I think your audience will find them all very interesting. So. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is is that uh, the the left has figured out a way to well, let's uh, the the latest example and uh, up. Uh, and to Fox's credit, they've stood behind uh, Laura Ingram, and and she, you know, made fun of David Hogg. I just can make fun of that name. I'm just saying, <laughs> this, Hogg with two G's. The student advocate. It, it wasn't bad yeah. just to be named Hogg with a G. It's, you had to be a Hogg with two G's. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, she it, made fun of him because. Some colleges had turned him down. Right. And uh, so he let a boycott of her. Well, we're supposed know? to make fun of teenagers. Yeah, well. Like, that's that's just a given all the way easy. around. It's pretty easy. It's pretty easy. Right of passage. Yeah, right of passage. You have to you have to bear that, uh, and then there you go. So what, what what was the name of the guy who had done the Green Lantern? Ethan Van Skyver. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's, uh, he's going to have to come on with you sometime. He's got a great story to tell. Uh, so... Um, what happened to him was it was really tragic, and there's still fallout. I think uh, that's going to affect his life and his family, right? I mean, this this is a guy with uh, like three him. kids and a wife yeah. and a and a and a mortgage payment and a and thirty twenty five years in the comic book business uh, and some essentially fringe nobodies. Just Net uh, jobs. I like to refer yeah. to them that for well, what they yeah. are. <laughs> Uh, they just started uh, rattling cages until um, he started fighting back, or his his fans. He, Ethan maintains a pretty large fan base, and he's outspoken, but he's not uh, and playful. I wouldn't call him mean, but like because he's, he's outspoken like and playful. <laughs> yeah, he's not like you, Dave. He's a little more respectable than that. Uh, maybe a little. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so they were they were just calling him a Nazi for for months and months and months and months on end off off of uh, just goofy uh, drawings that he had done of Sinestro, which is basically the space Hitler character from the Green Lantern, and he drew this character and put him on a cover of his sketchbook and called the sketchbook My Struggle as a joke, and it was a sketchbook of villains with space hitler on the cover that he was known for drawing monthly in his comic right. books and so they used that to castigate him as a, a nazi and uh, after months and months and months of that the fans had just had enough and uh and the fans uh, when he pointed it out and the fans you know went over to these other people's profile twitter profiles and they screamed punching down you're sicking your fans on me abuse 
and then uh okay hold your yeah. thought you you want to hear the end of this all right fox news so what you're telling me is that if the beatles had gone salt lake city <laughs> they wouldn't have found gideon's bible right that's that's right they would have found the book of mormon and history would have been totally different i had to i that just came to my mind as we were speaking there just for a moment yeah you know imagine dave (laughs) touche very good you're starting to catch on to how i think Uh, (laughs) i love adding those little cultural nuggets into things all right so let you finish up what you were talking yeah i think i mean i was kind of succinctly wrapping up anyway but essentially the the a group of fringe uh not players in the comic book business started a campaign against uh, our friend ethan and and about how many people do you think this in 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 i don't know it's a bit hard to quantify and then things when you see them on social media sometimes a a a conflagration could just be a few hundred people Mm -hmm. and it but when they're all writing the company at once, and some of them have some influence, or they're shepherded by people in the industry that have influence that are encouraging them, and then maybe they have a connection in, like, you know, somebody at the Daily Beast or uh, a couple other, you know, middling outlets uh, who might, who will pick up the story, right? Then it becomes threatening to the institution of, say, Warner Brothers or DC Comics or Marvel or Disney or something like that, and. You know, it, even if it's just a flash in the pan, they, that flash in the pan can really, really hurt the target of that campaign. And he got hurt. Uh, yeah, he's still going through it and, and, and dealing with the fallout from it. So, okay. you know, uh, we'll see where it shakes out. And then I, I think he'd probably love to talk to you. I mean, D.C. literally fired him. Well, I, we no. Uh, no? Okay. No, that's not really how it's shaken out. Oh. Uh Exactly, but he's. I think they're. I mean, he's he's not shy on the on Twitter. He's going to be working on his cyber frog project. Okay. Uh, so you know, I don't know where his relationship with DC will go, All but right. he is going to take some time and do his you know infamous uh, cyber frog, which I think everybody's getting extremely excited about. So right. look for that. That's okay. A, that, that, that's a reboot, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So cyber frog was his early nineties. Like he broke in with, by creating cyber frog. That's how he got into the business, and it became like a cult. 90s cult hit um it's like the it's like the ninja turtles but cooler and edgier <laughs> okay. that's not right. possible that's okay. not possible uh, that's, that's, we'll that's see cool. yeah i mean uh it's gonna be interesting because this has happened to a lot of people not just him it's happened to a lot yeah. of people by the way have you seen have, have you guys seen the the last uh deadpool trailer Mm-mm. for the movies no. i saw the well i went to see rampage last weekend and yeah. they had a trailer with it that i hadn't seen before so it's, i don't know if it's the one that you're talking about no it's the one that deadpool cable is shown and he's like shooting up this truck and everything and then it cuts to deadpool and he goes oh so dark is this a dc movie oh that's oh. a new trailer i haven't seen that one <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> wow. i give them credit that's taking funny. a shot at them like that yeah i mean that's the kind of stuff they did in the comic book uh, world from time to time like back in the 80s and 90s and stuff and it was always in good fun uh so it's nice to see that bleed over into the films yeah so anyway it, I, i'm i'm thinking that deadpool 2 going off of what i've seen on trailers could be better than the first one that seems hard for me to say that but it does look that good it looks excellent and you know they they got big thing against them in that movie how many people really know who cable is 
I, I think a lot of people yeah, do. <laughs> yeah, he was, I mean, everybody that grew up with the X-Men cartoon shows uh, will know who Cable is. Okay. Because right? he was an important, uh, like, character that came in in, in that Days of Future Past storyline that was probably one of their best storylines from was the cartoon show. Was that drawn by the Moody Blues? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think so, Dave. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, another one of those cultural things. By the way, speaking of the, this is the way this works, Brian. We'll say something, anybody will say something, and we'll chase it for a while. They call it, yeah, tangential, very tangential. Okay. I gotcha. All right, so anyway, the Moody Blues were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. HBO will air the induction uh, concert coming up, I think, a week from Saturday. And I always watch them. I may not watch this one because I'm a huge Moody Blues fan. Uh, to me, they're one of the great rock and roll groups of all time. And uh, I saw some of their live performance on YouTube. Oh. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Pender can't sing a lick anymore. Yeah, it's, man. yeah, I mean, he was off key the whole time. They're doing Nights in White Satin, and so they can't do the high stuff anymore. Yeah. So it's like, why are you even doing the songs? At, why don't you just, why don't you just lip sync it? You know, it would be better than to destroy it. What what they did, and Hayward sound the same. And it was well, they're not going to sound the same. No. they're in their seventies now. Yeah, something about age and the vocals. Yeah, and it was not it. not good. Now I I'll be interested to see Dire Straits because they're going to be there, and I want to hear I want to see what the cars do. I don't know if Rick Ocasek is showing up or not. Because, you know, if you don't have Rick Ocasek with the cars, you, you don't, don't have, have the, the cars. cars. That's right. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. You know, he bring out his model wife and let her <laughs> sing with him. I don't know. But anyway, I just, it's, uh, they got some pretty interesting people that went in this time. Do you even follow that, Mitch? I don't uh, know if you do or not. No. Um, well, my dad probably does. Tim, do you follow it? <laughs> or do music you care? Not really. <laughs> you don't care? Not no. really. No. 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 Oh, Music's not right. I do a little bit. You yeah. do. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you know, you got. You got uh, the Dive Straits going in, mm-hmm. and and is is Knopfler going to show up? I don't know if he's going to show up because, as far as I'm concerned, if you don't have him, you don't have the Dive Straits. Mm-hmm. You know? that, that's the nature of a lot of these older bands nowadays. I think they've had their their day in the sun. They hate each other. Yeah, and they just can't get along, and so they're like, ah, eh, forget about it. We had our money, whatever. Yeah, I mean, but it's kind of it's kind of cool sometimes. Like a couple of years ago, Metallica went in, and so did U uh, two. And when Metallica came out and played, they, they talked about their influences, one of whom was Ray Davies of the Kinks. He came out and did all day and all of the night with them, mm-hmm. which was very cool to watch him do that. Then Ozzy walks out because uh, Black Sabbath, which was one of the seminal heavy mm-hmm. metal bands that first came onto the scene, uh, they did uh, they did Iron Man together with them, and then they did Fairy Wear, Fairies Wear Boots together. Now, have you seen this series with uh, Daryl Hall? Daryl Hall's House. Uh uh-uh. uh You haven't seen this? Uh uh-uh. uh. Of Hall and Oates. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, it's epic. Uh, they basically have different artists, modern artists, on to um, do renditions of uh, their old songs, all their old '80s hits, '70s and '80s hits. Uh, it's kinda, incredible. I'm kind of surprised that no one has gotten in and attacked Hall and Oates of. Going in, what do they call it now when you supposedly take somebody's culture? Cultural appropriation. Yeah, for being culturally appropriating other people's music, you know, (laughs) with Hall and Oates. I mean, because they called it Blue Eye Soul. Well, Blue Eye Soul was the Philadelphia sound, you know, back in the the Mm -hmm. 60s. 
Yeah, I, I'm surprised nobody's attacked him. Well, that's because Daryl. Well, you put it out there. Nice guy. Give it know? time. Give it time. <laughs> yeah. We, I don't know. I think. I guess if you did it 30 or 40 years ago, they'd, they'd let you slide. But you can't do it now. No, so. I mean, look, Elvis. Yeah. Pat Boone. All mm-hmm. those guys. Mm-hmm. That those were all blues songs that black artists had done. Even Zeppelin and the Beatles and the Stones. Yeah. They were they were basically doing you know, Howlin' Wolf and all of that. And nobody knew it. But you know what the, those guys said? Keep doing it because my right. checks keep yeah. coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And though they, they were raising a, a, they were taking that music and that message to a bigger audience. And that's yes. just the nature of the world at the time. And, you know, and now everybody, everybody sort of understands, you know, that the roots of that music came from, you know, Delta Blues mm-hmm. and uh, Chicago, you know, Chicago and, 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 all the rest. and Motown and all that stuff. So. Uh, yeah, they, they, they served a purpose in raising that cultural awareness. But two years ago, one of the best single performances I ever saw on uh, HBO's coverage of this was YouTube. 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 <laughs> <laughs> were up, and they started doing Give Me Shelter. And uh, Mick Jagger walked out and started singing the bottle on it. And they're in about midway into it, and Fergie came out and joined them. And let me tell you what. Naturally. Fergie can wail when she wants to wail. Mm-hmm. And it was it was special. There you could you, I mean the audience was like, you know, I can do that now and people actually see what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, their their mouth hit the you know, jaws hit the floor. It was really it was a special part. But I, that that's the best part is when they start bringing in people that that you know, turn them on to certain types of music and and help fashion their sound and things of that nature. Well, speaking of Fergie, didn't she do a, a rendition similar to um, Marvin Gaye's uh, national anthem uh, that got really chastised? Are you yeah, he was just this? recently. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was just really. I mean, That's stupid. Quite poor. Yeah, I mean we can we can forgive Ro- uh, Roseanne because <laughs> she just is a person that uses bad taste for most things. But to, to go out there like she did and try to use two or three different modes and meld that music, it did not work. Let's mm-hmm. just put it that way. I rem- do you remember the it was during the NBA All Star game? Yeah, with with and, um, and they were all the All Stars were all standing on the sidelines laughing at her, cringing. Oh, no. Yeah, it was bad. They were laughing at oh, her. Man. Yeah, it was that bad. They were laughing at you, you gotta, it. You got to look it up. Oh, I will. Yeah, you'll love watching it. I like a good cringe. <laughs> well, it's cringe. It's cringe. Speaking of Roseanne, got to give her credit. She's blowing up television by showing that, you know what? Conservative comedy works. I don't know why that's a big surprise to everybody. Tim Allen's been doing it for years. Yeah. Uh, I think the same may hold true in comic books. As as Tim can attest, right? He's on his third printing now yeah. of My Hero Magademia. We can hold that up for the camera. Hey, Ross, Ross, can you bring up this camera from my my camera here? <laughs> um, there we go. There there's the comic. Tell us a little bit about this, Tim. So My Hero Magademia, it's the first comic actually made by an openly pro-Trump comic team. So myself, Mark Pellegrini, and Brett Smith, uh, we are openly tr- pro-Trump. Um, people and we made My Hero Magademia. It's actually a satire and parody of a Japanese anime and manga called My Hero Academia. <laughs> and um, we our selling point was that 
obviously you have some creative people in the industry who aren't all leftists. There are centrists, there are libertarians, there's classical liberals, and there's conservatives. And so the three of us got together. We worked on Thump, who's very successful. And luckily, Antarctic Press, um, they saw us on, on Twitter and they saw, how, they saw how active we are. And we have some friends who um, work with them pretty frequently. And long story short, they agreed to take a chance with us. Um, honestly, our initial sales weren't that great, probably because no one has heard of us before. But after word got out that we were all conservatives, went through a first printing. Uh, as of this morning, we sold out of our second printing, and now we're going into our third. All right. So I guess here, here's key. I've got the first printing. The first printing right here. You'll be the first caller at 8230965. We'll give you a copy. Will you sign this? I will sign it. All right. Tim Lim will even sign it for you. That's going to uh, be worth some money, yeah. Dave. Be the first caller, 8230965. Everybody says I go too fast. 8230965. This is yours. All right. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. So uh, Rob Howell is the winner of the, the comic. And uh, we had the comic signed for you, Rob, and Tim has signed it. And nobody knew this in the studio. You always have the person signing your memorabilia dated. It gives you a way of proving, you know, people can go back and you can say, well, I had it signed. It was at this or at that. And then people can search back through those dates and find out if you were really there. So, They'll be able to go on and look at our Facebook Live rebroadcast if they want to. And there you are. And it's Rob Howell. All right. So he did get the the comic and it's been signed uh, by uh, Dr. Tim Lim. Now, how does it feel to be a doctor, have a Ph.D., and you're signing comic books? Um. I don't know. It feels kind of weird, honestly. <laughs> but uh, I don't. Th- to be honest, I haven't been out of school for that long, so it's actually even it's weirder to be addressed by uh, the title. So I just I tell people just call me by my first name. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. Just call you Tim, me. huh? Yeah, it's more right. informal that All way. Right. I'll, do, I'll do that. That's, yeah, Tim has done some really cool stuff. I'll never forget when you showed me that one cover you did for Teenage Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Thank that you. That was really, I mean, just awesome work. I mean, Brightweiser is the same way. I mean, the stuff that he did on Captain America is epic, I think. He did a broadcast a few nights ago, and um, people were really shocked that one of the, the most seminal works that he ever did was when the writer was Dave Morrell, who worked on First Blood, the creator of Rambo. Uh-huh. Um, I think in that live stream, a lot of people, like, that chat blew up because people were like, what? I need to go find that book, you know? Yeah, it was out of print for a long time. It was unbelievable mm-hmm. that that you would take this David Morrell book and you know leave it out of print. And this guy's got a huge fan base. He still publishes novels. Yeah, he's, he's active, active on Twitter. He's too. He's active on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's a super nice guy. Uh, the other character that you've done that a lot of people don't know know about, and a big character in. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is Drax. That's right. Yeah. So that was the first thing I did at Marvel. Um, so my, the story goes. Uh, so I, uh, I, I, you can listen to my live stream that Tim was talking about for a deep, for a more in depth version. But it was the first thing I did. Um, I got. A, I tried out for it. I'd been trying to get in Marvel for like really hard for well years, but 
really, really hard for like six months. And then the editor finally called me back, said we have this project called Drax the Destroyer. I didn't even know who Drax was. He was some cosmic character designed by Jim Starlin. And he looked ridiculous, like full 80s comic book corniness. And uh, they wanted to redesign (laughs) the character and relaunch the character. And they were just sort of like shooting for – it was a moonshot for them. Like they just thought it would be kind of a joke of a project. Keith Giffen was the writer. And he's he writes some uh, he he's a quirky fellow and writes some quirky stuff, and uh, so I redesigned Drax of, like the first day I started at Marvel, and then this book came out and it did like it exceeded their expectations. It it um, and then that Drax book launched the Guardians of the Galaxy, a series of books called Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. that became the movie you know that that everyone's familiar with and then that yeah that that look for drax with the tattoos and the that you know pale gray green skin and the uh the knives and the uh, you know the the whole thing um that was my design and uh so yeah i'm i'm gonna lay claim to it no you should (laughs) yeah drax is awesome they they did a great job with him in the in the script uh for that movie i loved him he was he was a, a treasure he's even better in the second one have you seen the I, second? I, I have no prominent seen it. role. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean it was really good. The part, I mean, the part where uh, the girl starts sensing that somebody has a sexual attraction to somebody <laughs> <Right>. else, and <laughs> uh, he just starts laughing. And I think a lot of it has to do with Batista. I mean, he he just took hold of it as his own character. Yeah, he was about as suave with uh, the opposite sex as I was in fifth grade, <laughs> he was and throughout high man. school, and maybe early adulthood. So. Have you have you you've seen some of the uh, openings for now, the trailers for Infinity Wars? Have you seen the one that it ends with with Thor saying, "Who are you guys?" And it's the Guardians of the oh, Galaxy. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're going. Everybody's yeah. going to be in this one. That's awesome. You know, yeah. so I mean, there's that scene where all of them are rushing down the hill, and it's Black Panther, it's Captain America, it's Thor, it's uh, Black Widow, it's in fact Bucky is in it. So it's it's really pretty cool. What is this trend of of bringing all these characters together? It's it, well, it started in the actual comic books. Yeah, uh, the, Infinity they, War. So they, yeah, they started yeah, Infinity War, and, and uh, it, it it's just that. The market, the comic book market, was responding to these big events that Marvel and DC would do, and then as the market responded, DC and Marvel would respond with bigger and bigger events, throwing more heroes together, and in in sometimes ways that would have made sense otherwise, giving them villains that would be, galactic villains, yeah, galactic level villains <laughs> that are going to eat the world and all this yeah. stuff, right? So, uh, and yeah, the audience eat it up and 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 the companies make money and no way that artists like you can do these double truck inserts and in the comics yeah. Yeah. of always, all right. the characters I, in it and everything yeah i i never d- drew one of those types of things for marvel uh, i and i feel bad for the guys that did <laughs> i mean the books sold really well so i guess they were they were uh, rewarded for their service and sacrifice but drawing all those characters i like just captain america or just drax yeah you know, keep the cast small. It makes it a little easier it, to write and draw. Is it service or servitude? Uh, well, servitude might be more appropriate. Yeah, I wonder who's making the money with those publications, really. Well, ask him. About <laughs> dra- how much money did you yeah. make I, off of Drax? I got paid $50 to design Drax, <laughs> and I haven't seen haven't seen anything else. But, Amazing. You know, 
I w- at the time I was happy to take it. So, but because whatever. you were like a contract worker kind of thing, yeah. isn't that right? That's right. right. That's they how it own works. they own all of the mm-hmm. all of the work. Right, mm-hmm. but you know, it's and, the same thing in radio. Yeah, the company owns all my work. Yeah, did my work myself. Well, that's smart. <laughs> It really is. It's smart. You know, I, I, you're, you're responsible. For, you're a freelancer uh, or a small business owner, and you're responsible for your end of that. So at 25, right, and you're just starting out, you can get taken advantage of, and you and sometimes you're it's a good idea. You're happy you got, to. You've got to get yeah. some kind of of uh, reputation. You got to build a reputation. Yeah, a reputation and a fan in base. the business. Exactly. Yeah. And then once you have that, and you're a proven seller, then you can negotiate you're responsible for negotiating and that's where actually a lot of um it's a problem in the arts because artists aren't trained for negotiation right so then artists as they age don't fully realize their financial power uh, and influence on the business and they fail to negotiate you know who was the guy that worked with uh um mr marvel himself um jack kirby jack kirby kirby yeah. yeah i mean he didn't get a but a pittance I mean, yeah, until I can't the very, speak to very exactly end. how that shook out, but I know that there's some, you know, bad uh, still, juju. Yeah, still to this day. All right, Tim Lim is here. Mitch uh, Breitweiser is here. We got uh, Brian Anderson here. They're going to be with us for another hour. That's coming back. We got a lot of things to talk about. It's it, just sit and enjoy and listen. There's a lot of interesting things to be said here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you. All right, I can answer your question. Three years now. Three years. Yeah. Two years we've been starting to fashion into the citadel that I've made this into already now. Yeah. There's more that we're going to add. Wonder Woman is on her way. You've got a nice space. Yeah. When Wonder Woman gets here, she goes in here as well. I wanted to bring Doctor Strange in because Doctor Strange is one of my ultimate characters from comics. I love the guy. And uh, to get the the cardboard stand-up, $152. I said I don't like him that much because <laughs> normally it's about thirty-five bucks. Oh, that is! It's going great for a stand-up, for stand-up. Huh? Was it just rare, or well, why is it so much? It's it's Doctor Strange. <laughs> okay. well, I tell you, it, I think there's got it's got to be Cumberbatch. I'm, I just think that that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. He's getting a cut of money somewhere. Mm-hmm. I just know he is because he knows what he's doing. He knows how to make money. I can get you one of me for like 20 bucks. <laughs> and he'll draw it yeah. of himself. <laughs> you draw it yourself, yeah. I want a bobblehead of you. You and Lim both. I think you guys should get bobbleheads. <laughs> someone someone gave Mitch the best compliment on uh, online the other day. They said that uh, they'd never seen Mitch before, and they said, he looks like a young he looks like the young president from Independence Day. <laughs> was it Bill Pullman? Bill Pullman? That was Bill Pullman. That was Pullman. Good in that movie, not so much in the second one. Did you see him? I don't know that one? I saw the second one. Uh, good. You're, you're lucky. You didn't. Because that, that's two and a half hours. You will not get back in your life. <laughs> I'm just telling you. That's not coming. All right. So, Brian, you seem to be a well-educated geek. All right. I'll, I'll take the geek part. Okay, not well educated. Uh, yeah. You get the title though. I do. You know, titles are titles, like uh, what you were saying, right? There's another guy here locally that does uh, personal training, one on one stuff, like you're doing with Mitch, because mm-hmm. Mitch wants to be what's your, rooster. What's his name? The Red Rooster. The Red Rooster. Yeah. You, I'm you, if I'm going to wear that costume you, at conventions, I have to look great. But you, so. you want to be the the head guy in the first movie, right? 
You want to play the Red Rooster? <laughs> no, I think I'll live behind the camera, Dave. <laughs> All right, but anyway, I'm just uh, I'm I don't know if you know him. He's, he's got a he's got a um, he he went through one of those uh, things that you see on television where they go through and they do all the stuff they got to do. Like the P90X? Like, no, no, like Bud School for oh, okay. to right, be yeah. Special Forces and yeah, all of yeah. that. Like SEAL training or something? Yeah, he went through all of that. Yeah. And uh, he's he's training people here locally. But he's got a really strong British accent. Huh. Have you run into this guy? No, I don't. I, mean, I, know, I know a couple of trainers. Some of them go back you know, 20, 30 years. But uh, a lot of the younger guys, he sounds like he does like um, – Kind of like Spartan race training, kind of ninja training, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. Of hardcore yeah. stuff. See, I, I'm looking. I I belong to a gym, but finding a gym that offers like ropes, yeah, you know, not so much. You can't find them real easily, and no. ropes are really good cardiovascular workouts. Yeah, have you done that yet, Mitch? Uh, yes, uh, yeah, I, I have. When uh, we, yeah, we've done it before. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think what you're talking about is like body weight, that. kind of holding yourself and doing different maneuvers. Yeah, yeah doing that. Like TRX work stuff. Well, those guys that got ready for uh, 300, you know, did you ever see their workouts? Oh, my goodness, yeah. I mean, it was incredible what they went through. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, they had the big tires that they were turning over, and they're beating tires with sledgehammers and all kinds of stuff. And they still had to paint their abs on. Did they t- paint their abs? <laughs> yeah, they were like airbrushed to accentuate their abbiness. <laughs> My wife does it for me every morning. So. <laughs> she's a great colorist. She's really good. Creates the illusion of depth. And yeah. Am I ever going to be able to get Elizabeth to come back in here? Yeah. Okay. See, I thought you were going to ask if you could see his abs. Am I ever going to get to see her abs? <laughs> yeah. That's where I thought you were going. When, when that happens, we will have it here on the show. She has some abs. You know, she does. We'll, we'll have you show your abs off when you got it. <laughs> well, we, we, you I'll know, bring Elizabeth and we'll have an I ab still, competition. Look, I Brian still, will win. I still have a keg. <laughs> I'm working towards a pony keg right now. Well, you got to contact this guy you're right. speaking of. I should. They can put me through it. You know, do that. I, I'm working out hard when I'm working, you know, and uh, he doesn't know that I had quadruple bypass surgery two years ago. Oh, really impressive. Yeah. So, you know. I'm getting at it again. I've all, I was always a gym rat. Then I got away from it because I was wanting zero in on my career. And then I ate too many M&Ms. And you get a mm-hmm. back sitting there. Good for you. And, and that's four days old. Normally, I'd eat one of those real big bags every day. Well, see, oh, I see congratulations. Oh, I was on. Yeah, yeah, you're cutting back. I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. Just seriously. Baby steps. Yeah. Yeah. I love M&Ms. M&Ms. I used to smoke. I quit smoking and I started eating massive amounts of minimums. <laughs> got to choose your advice carefully. Yeah, you got it. That's exactly right. All right, so let me just run down. I'm going to run across between both of our uh, guests here uh, that are in the industry, and that's uh, of course Mitch and and Tim. Let's start with you, Mitch. What's going on with you right now? Last time you were on here, you were saying. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about what's coming. No. Up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've been. Uh, if you follow me online or anything, you, I, I I've been developing a couple of projects uh, over the last few years, just kind of openly, just to, as a side project, as a hobby, uh, just kind of cutting my creative teeth and storytelling teeth on some stuff, and just doing it publicly for people yeah, to follow that's cool along stuff and inspire the way you do people. that too. Uh, and so I'm working right now. Uh, 
very hard with Mark Pellegrini, the writer of My Hero, Magademia, and Thump. Uh, so it's Tim's associate. Tim introduced me to Mark, and uh, we really is clicked. He a, is he a local guy? He's a local guy. So we're working almost every Saturday uh, on this Red Rooster project. Can and, you show that picture? Uh, yeah, I can. Uh, we're gonna put, I'm going to put a picture up here. Ross, we'll let you zero in on it. Here, you can hold oh, it. I don't know where your yeah. cameras are. That's right. we got one right here. Whoops. Uh-oh. You got there it. There we go. Okay. It's all fixed. So yeah, the idea behind this, it's uh, the quick pitch is it's it's Batman in a barn. It's a, a Dust Bowl era, ca- sort of campy, uh, soup, uh, costumed hero, who uh, was a a former formerly popular vigilante folk hero who has had a fall from grace and now is uh, basically an an outlaw and uh, the the touch cool looks yeah. good. I like you can't see it on on screen, but. In the background, there are two biplanes flight. You know, yeah, you'll, a dog you'll have to wait for the poster, <laughs> so you can see all the details. All right, uh, so that's what I'm working, working on, on that. with, with Mark, and and we're making great progress. And we have uh, we have some irons in the fire. I can't t- I can't really talk about all of them just yet, but uh, ho- hopefully over the coming months there'll be some really cool announcements, and I'll yeah. I'll uh, let your audience know about them. And you will be the first. I've got him under contract. No, yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> I'm just saying it. All right, Tim, what do you got going? So next month, we have another book coming out with Antarctic Press, and it's called um, Black Hops. And it's actually by the same writer. It's Mark Pellegrini. And Black Hops. <laughs> he, I know. I know. It's uh, Obviously, I'm a one-trick pony. Um, I draw what I can draw, and I, I draw rabbits very well because I have rabbits. And um, <laughs> it's, it's actually a book that's supposed to be appealing to people who like uh, war comics. So G.I. Joe and Captain America is what we're aiming Sergeant for. Sergeant Fury? Sergeant Fury yeah. and, Sar- and Sergeant Rock, too. Uh, Sergeant Rock. Yeah, there we go. yeah. And it's funny because uh, I don't come from a military background, but I love military comics. So we have a book, and just long story short, it's about a, a tactically trained infiltration rabbit. Uh, <laughs> it's an underdog rabbit that actually goes into North Korea and has to disable a nuclear device before it can launch. And it actually ties into current events. So we have that going on. That comes out next month. And then in September – I'm working with Chuck Dixon on an unannounced project um, with an even bigger team. I am not worthy. I know what it is, too. You're going to work with Chuck Dixon. I I know what it is, and it's super cool. (laughs) That is awesome. It's a big project. Uh, It's so big that I think we're going to announce it around uh, San Diego Comic-Con. But we have a pretty big team with us. Yeah, Dude. Are you familiar with Chuck Dixon? I'm going to (laughs) be. Well, he's the man who gave us the Punisher. As we know now. And Bane. And Bane. Bane. He created Bane. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, this guy is... And then told, basically, was it Marvel or DC? To stick it. It, Mostly (laughs) Marvel. He had that kind of clout. He could do that. He told him to stick it. You know, because they were telling him how he had to develop his characters, and it was like, uh, no, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, now he's been writing novels. And books, and I, I got to tell you what, they're great. I've, I've, I have read every one of his books. Mm-hmm. I've got them all on my my Kindle. I like them. I like them a lot. I don't know why no one's started uh, buying them up and making movies out of them. They're perfect. They'd be perfect movies. And he does pretty well with his book sales, too. I mean, uh, he stays afloat by just writing the LeVon Cade series. Oh, that's a great series. Mm-hmm. I just read the latest. That yeah. was really, really good. He's always taking care of his daughter. <laughs> yeah, he's back in. He was back in Iraq in this. Or I think it's yeah. in Syria. He, he went to Syria because he's trying to keep it 
you know, current mm-hmm. kind of thing. But he's got another one that I really, really like, and I hope he writes more chapters to it about this group that has figured out a way of going back in time. And they're back figuring out how to change time without changing time. And it's, I like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. He's very fast. So when he announced this idea, he basically put it out there and he said, are there any takers? And I, I think I just got lucky because I was the first one to mm-hmm. take it. And uh, within less than an hour, he already sent me a 15-page script. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it was crazy. <laughs> How excited were you? I, I was pretty excited because I thought it was just a. I thought he was being polite. Uh, I said, I said I want it, and he he gave me a thumbs up on Facebook, and he said, "Okay, sounds great." And then less than an hour later, I get an email in my inbox, and it's a full script. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I watched cool. this all happen live too, yeah. and, and so Tim's not lying. You it guys were crazy. hanging around. Huh? We were, yeah, we were hanging around. We were all yeah. on the same. Uh, <laughs> page yeah so. were you guys like eating pizza together or something <laughs> i was actually i was actually sipping coffee when it happened oh, so okay. close enough so i thought maybe you were, you know i don't know watching netflix or something together <laughs> on facebook at the same time yeah. yeah speaking of have you guys watched any of the episode of lost in space not on yet this relaunch i watched the first on the, one yeah did you like it uh you know i thought um the way they escalated the situations mm-hmm. and the the drama and all that was really really well constructed. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they lost me was in the family. The wood it just was a wooden family. Hang with it. Okay, it gets better. Yes, right. Because they were stiff, stiff, stiff. They didn't feel like a family. Well, like a so, realistic. That's family. the way you're supposed to feel. Okay, I think that's the way you're supposed to feel because the father is sold out to his military career. He's mm-hmm. been gone a lot. Yeah. So he doesn't, the family doesn't even feel like he's the dad. Right. The mom has been the dad. Yeah. So it's kind of setting the tone for change. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we'll about the sixth episode, some interesting things happened. I was a little bit upset because the ro- they took the robot and when he show- he hadn't shown up. When In the first issue, him. or maybe I saw the first two episodes. Okay. That must have been. He finally shows, you know, he shows up because uh, Will is left behind, yeah. you know, in the uh, the glacier. And uh, when he, the way he showed up, I did not like that because the robot, as you know, in the original, was sent with the mm-hmm. Robinsons to help them uh, cope with things that they might not be able to cope with on their own. I like the woman playing Dr. Smith. She's even more diabolical than Smith was in the original series. And I don't like kind of what they did to Don, but that's okay. I can, I do, because Don and Judy were, if I'm not mistaken, we were already married, weren't they? Weren't they part? I can't remember. Of their own family? I mean, I understand. A bit before my time. I understand Penny and, and all of that. That was Angela Cartwright back in the day. Uh, it's on June Lockhart. I mean, I remember this show. That mm-hmm. was a. It was a. It was really a, a, a show that was a cutting edge for its time. I thought, as far as sci-fi, and I'm a big sci-fi fan. You both know that, and I love sci-fi. Mm-hmm. By the way, you watch Netflix doc a lot. Yeah, uh, well, you know when I can. My days are long. Um, the Westworld series. My wife and I really gotten into. Getting ready to start again. Twenty second this yeah, weekend. I was just browsing. I was just browsing the the TV, and I came across what was, apparently was the original one. I didn't realize it was an original. The movie? Yeah, Yul Brenner. How naive I am on it. With, uh, with uh, Yul Brenner. Yul Brenner, yeah. yeah. With Richard Benjamin. Yeah, I, I, mean, I started watching. I'm like, this is really good. My wife was like, yeah, that's the original Westworld. And I was like, oh. See, a lot of people think that was based on a book. It wasn't. Crichton wrote it as a screenplay. Mm. 
and they, they made it directly into a movie. That guy was a great writer. Yeah. I mean, my fa- my favorite one, they made Congo, which they did a terrible job with. But the book the, was good, though. The Andronomous Strain. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that, that movie was great, and the book was great. Yeah. Oh. That book scared the living crap out of me. Right. Really did. Read them all Somewhere in out in the middle of the desert, they have this thing buried in the ground mm-hmm. where they put, uh, you know, microbes and stuff, you know, that they don't want to get yeah. out into the and public. He was so good at painting the visual picture yeah. for, for you. I mean, I still remember to this day my, the images that I created in my head based off reading things like the Andromeda strain of that lab and uh, the stuff in Jurassic Park. I mean, it's just very That's what a lot of people don't realize. He wrote Jurassic Park. And Jurassic Park opens up with those little tiny dinosaurs Mm -hmm. eviscerating that guy, Mm -hmm. you know, tearing him apart. Mm -hmm. The new movie looks pretty interesting. We'll see if it's going to be as good as it looks, but... uh, the dinosaurs come back to the United States again. Oh, no. That went really bad here. last time. Yeah, this time <laughs> it looks like it's going to be pretty good. My favorite part of that movie, though, is when the the dinosaur looks into the window and he's got the chain with the doghouse oh, hanging yeah. from his mouth, <laughs> uh, the T-Rex. That, that was, was funny. That was a great part. All right, break 22 after 5. If you got any questions for these guys, feel free to call in. I mean, they'll be happy to talk to you. Uh, I don't expect people to call in and say, Wow, like, how do I start my career in the comics industry? You know, Send Mitch, me $100, <laughs> and I'll tell you all Mitch, the secrets. Mitch will look at the camera and say, don't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're back with you. Uh, they can slide the person's consciousness back into uh, the, um, what they call a sleeve, a sleeve, which is another, it's another physical body that doesn't have any consciousness. So you can be who you want to be, whatever age you want to be. Sounds very postmodern. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty wild. And uh, Thomas Jane is in the show, and it's uh, it's pretty cool. I like it. I like it. Brings up interesting. Qu- I like sci-fi because sci-fi, if it's good, presents you with a lot of you know quandaries that you're supposed to think about. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, where are we going? I mean, right. an AI is a perfect quandary. It can, can something that has been, been created by man have a soul? Mm-hmm. Right. About awareness, self-awareness. Yeah, self-awareness. I mean, that's what, that's what uh, you know, HBO series is all about. Mm-hmm. Westworld, that's what they're getting to. You know, when do you do that? Same thing with, uh, you know, Alter Carbon. That, that comes up in that show, too. Yes. Brought up. So I misspoke earlier with, you know, uh, Westworld being not on Netflix but on HBO, I believe. But mm-hmm. but Black Mirror, are you familiar with that? Series? Oh yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like a very similar, but more of kind of like on an existential, moral level. Kind of is what we know, what we really know, because the way that it twists so much. It's it's the twenty first century Twilight Zone. Yeah, that's what it was. Although Serling would say there's there's I think he would say there's more depth to be plunged into with that show than what they're doing with it. Yeah, and I I say that as a fan of The Twilight Zone. Oh, it was a great show. Yeah, I love The Twilight Zone. For its time, it was way, way ahead of its time. It really was. So, did you see Ex Machina? No. The movie? You need to watch it. Ex Machina? Yeah. Just create a running list. She's in it. (laughs) She's in it. Alicia's in it. She plays the uh, the AI. Is that Vikander? Yeah, because she plays... It's all about the turning principle you know a turning principle yeah ai is not ai if you can't tell it's ai 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's what it's all about. And it's a good movie. I don't know if it's on Netflix anymore. I think it's it on. Is. is it still mm-hmm. on Netflix? I mean, I really liked it. Have you seen the the theories floating around? These float around the internet and have I've seen them. Um, uh, I'm not talking about flat Earth. Uh, uh, the uh, the re- our reality is a simulation. Uh, mm-hmm. Th- theories that are being floated around through like kind of intellectual circles, right? Elon Musk, been, yeah, Elon yeah. has, has brought it up, and a few uh, other people. Let's ask Brian here. Hasn't this been going on for centuries that we we're really nothing more than a dream and a dream and a dream and a dream? You Isn't know, that the same thing that we're hearing, except that somebody gave it a twenty first century twist? Yeah, well, that's kind of what we've been talking about. Is like modern stories are just a regurgitation of you know of of, of previously told ones. I, I don't think that's anything new. Um, but with each generation, it becomes new, so it captivates a new audience, and there's money to be made with it. But I, I've heard recently, and even in some scientific literature, that there's decent evidence, I guess if you can qualify it like that, there's def- decent evidence of like parallel universes based on the splitting of atoms and what we've learned about how atoms work. Um, now, I'm not that kind of scientist, so I can't really speak to that, but the places I read it was, was pretty reputable, and it was really alarming um, it you know it just kind of makes you think. But Matrix got that whole thing started with: Are we living in a simulated universe? I tell you, well, I tell Plato you what. started. Well, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. There you Matrix, go. Yeah. Yeah. Matrix made the money from Plato. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, it, just the th- you know the power of uh, imagination combined with the power of intention has taken my life in very interesting ways, and it's just sort of like. Sometimes my reality just manifests before me in the ways that I visualized it years prior, and I think I'm just acting sometimes purely on a subconscious level towards my visualizations. But honestly, there's almost no way to explain my the way my life has played out in any other way. I can. So, well, mushrooms. A <laughs> <laughs> break. We got to get to Fox News, and I'll quit making fun of people here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Don't forget about Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Uh, I've been talking to RD. He's getting me a transmission uh, for my uh, Acadia to, to put in, and uh, you know that's a really expensive purchase if you buy it new or if you get it rebuilt. But if you go and get a well-maintained total loss vehicle like they have over at Sunny's Auto Salvage, you can get it for a pittance of the price. And uh, then his uh, technicians will put it into your car. You get a one, two, or three-year warranty, parts and labor, and then get unlimited mileage uh, on it as well. So when you're looking uh, to fix something, because, you, look, my Acadia's got almost 300,000 miles on it. I'm not going to buy a brand new transmission for it. I'm going to buy a, a used one uh, from Auto, uh, Sunny's Auto Salvage and save myself some money. But I don't want to buy a new car either. So I'll do this way of doing this with recycled auto parts. Just call them at 982-7451, 982-7451, and uh, they can help you with that. So uh, do like I do. Go to uh, Sunny's Auto Salvage. All right. We're getting close as we're moving along to the end of the show, we, we brought up some interesting questions and that's going along with the whole, you know, science fiction thing that's going on. And the big, the big deal right now is science fiction movies and horror movies because most of those movies, and unless you're doing, uh, 
uh, one of them from oh, what was the one that Ryan Gosling was just in the the sequel um, with Han Solo. What movie was that? That about uh, talking about the AIs and you talking about it wasn't Blade Runner. Blade Runner, yeah. Because you had Blade Runner in the second one. Oh, yeah, the new one. Yeah, right. if, you, if you want to spend, oh, yeah. you can spend a gazillion dollars if you want to, which they did, which made sure that it was going to lose money. Uh, because the first the first Blade Runner didn't get that much. No. You know, it's still just kind of a thing where geeky people like myself like sci-fi, like the movie. And the second one was the exact same way, but it all, both movies asked interesting questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Blade Runner is can an AI creation reach thinking that it's real and give birth mm-hmm. to something that's uh, part AI and part human? And that's what the second one is all about. It's really interesting. Yeah, I got this prevailing theme from it about um, the way the technology kind of separates people too. You know, his intimate connection in that movie was essentially digitally animated. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of struck deep with the way society is kind of leaning towards today is the yeah, digital think disconnect. Of, I, I, let me ask you that question because that's an, that's an interesting concept in and of itself, and it's being incorporated into movies more and more so. And that is that people don't talk to other people unless they're talking to them on some kind of device. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, when I think about what you know, Mitch, and I think about Tim, uh, they're older than a millennial. All right, but for instance, they set up an experiment. They had people for millennials went into a fast food place. They had people behind the counter. To the left of the counter, they had kiosks, and the millennials didn't go talk to the live people. They went to the kiosk to order their food. That's really that's really disturbing. That says something. Yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to have any kind of, uh, you know, personal relationship with a real person. Right, because there's so much about yourself that you learn through your interactions with other human beings of your own species. Uh, just, you know, fa- uh, facial nuances, tones of voice, uh, kind of what's acceptable, what's not. There's that bonding element. So essentially, when you remove yourself from that, you kind of almost lose a big piece of your humanity. Which means you lose your sympathy, you lose your empathy, you lose all of those yeah. things. And so maybe that's why we have more school shootings that we see happen. Mm-hmm. People don't have the same empathy or sympathy for their fellow humans. Mm-hmm. Of course, they might think they're going to just get back up. I don't know. Charles Krathammer had a really good quote. He said that if you look on, for example, Twitter, it's a really nice social experiment. He said, because you're limited to so many characters on Twitter, his direct quote was he said that Twitter is a direct connection connection to the id mm-hmm. of the human psyche. The mm-hmm. idea being that because you Which kind is of have why that, Trump likes it so much. <laughs> <laughs> right. and, I, and the funny thing is I think that – I think the way he tweets is actually the way he thinks and talks. So in a way it's actually a very honest connection. Yeah. But I've noticed that – and this is what I tell people all the time. Some people will say, well, in your persona of Thump, we've seen you be um, very critical of people online and that you obviously take jabs at them. But – how is it like in person? And I said, no, I'm very aware that the online persona is very different than how I am in real life. You could be my biggest critic, and if I meet you in person, I'm going to engage you in a completely different way, mm-hmm. and I'm cognizant of that. But I think a lot of people, especially younger people, aren't, and it's for the reason that you stated and uh, what Brian said, where when you meet someone in person, there is no 
uh, back and forth that is uh, prevalent on social media where it's like I say, you say, I say, you say. It's a dance almost where you have to read facial expressions, go off body language, react to tonality, react well, to you don't even, subtle and, nuances. And you don't see the other person's Correct. reaction, which may be you've really hurt their feelings. Right. And right. you don't see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what goes back to what you said. Now you're not even learning how to react to real life mm-hmm. there's this huge social responsibility i'm looking at mitch and i'm holding my phone i'm texting you my response <laughs> right now <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because I've, i i watch that all the time you go to restaurants and there's a, a guy and a girl and i i mean, assume they're out on dates all right <laughs> and they're not even looking at each other they are texting each other right. and they're sitting at the same table mm-hmm. that's just Weird. Though I will say this, so because my wife and I, uh, we're guilty of that too, but what we're doing is we're actually looking at stuff to talk about. So we'll sit there and uh, we had a long day, and what we want to do is catch up on the news so that yeah, we can sure. actually tell each other. But some people look at us, and I bet they think, like, oh, those millennials. <laughs> like yeah. They don't know how to talk to each other. It's like, no, my wife and I are talking to each other. It's just that we're trying to come up with the Drudge Report and find out, well, what actually happened today so we can actually talk about it. So well, I can, you know, that makes sense to me, but there's. I've got a 35-year-old son, mm-hmm. all right? He lives at home still, and uh, and I don't have any problem. I'm, now, I will let you know that he pays to stay at home. If you're if you're out and you're working, you pay room and board. That's the way it's always been in my household, in my father's household, in my grandfather's household, and because uh, I refuse to let a kid, uh, and I call him a kid, and he's in his 30s, all right, but he's my kid, and and he's out making money, and then he goes out on a nice vacation or something, and I'm sitting at home, you know, because I'm paying the money to heat the house and buy the food and, and all the rest because I don't charge him nearly enough to <laughs> cover that stuff. But he comes home from work, and he stays in his room, doesn't come out and talk to us all that often, he does at times. He wants a little bit, I guess, of human interaction. But for the most part, he stays in his room with his headset on playing video games. And, I, you know, it kind of weirds me out. I've talked to him about it before. I and mean, he says, ah, uh, too, many, too many problems, Dad, dealing with real people. Mm-hmm. That's what he says. And that's because he hasn't dealt with them. Right. It is a learned skill. I mean, being social is a learned skill that hopefully you're learning kindergarten forward. But And if you don't have it, it can be very intimidating. A lot of people contact me wanting to know how to develop their social skills, oddly enough. Um, more than willing to help them any way that I can, but still it's a unique request. It's hard, isn't it? Uh, yeah, especially when you struggle with social skills yourself. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dave, Dave has a real problem with, yeah. with socializing. I, I think here, maladjusted yeah. individual, I believe. I well, I know that. Like, I was a shy kid, but for me, just trying to get where I was going in in comic books and illustration, that's uh, going to conventions and having to schmooze at the bars and buy people drinks. And all that kind of stuff. It, it was like just jumping in, you know, with both feet in the deep end of the pool. And then you just learn how to swim, yeah. you know. And then once you do, you've got a life skill. And so. know that you're going to fail sometimes. Yeah. And you know, failing, you're you're going to embarrass yourself. You're going to step in it, you know. But you That's learn. something I talk, I taught my kids. And that is you're going to fail at times. Hopefully. That's not the, that's not the end of the world. Right. Just learn from it. Try not to do it again, not to repeat your failures, you know. 
and for the most part, they've done pretty well on it. You know, but I just, I'm just kind of, kind of strange how people are almost becoming the machines that they hold in their hands at times. Right. Yeah, I was watching a YouTube video earlier today, and it suggested what it would be uncanny if human beings in the process of creating artificial intelligence actually created the God that uh, humans believe in. Um, so regardless, I mean, on what side of the uh, discussion you stand there, it is kind of a bizarre idea that, you know, could we move in that direction? Um, I hope not. Personally, I believe there's something already greater than us, but if there isn't and we do, then I guess that kind of means the end of us for the most part. Well, yeah, because I look, you know, I see this and I think Skynet all the time. Yeah. A lot of people don't think about this stuff. I mean, we've seen it play out in movies and Terminator and other things where, where was the mistake they made? The mistake was that they turned making the AI better by letting the AI determine how they can get better. Mm -hmm. And they become better than humans at that point. And then, what do they think? Well, we're better than humans. Let's just get rid of all the humans now and we don't have all these problems. I mean, you, that's where Skynet comes from. Did you read the article that happened last year? It was uh, it was actually kind of funny and sad at the same time, but the Russians developed a robot that three times escaped from the laboratory and uh, they had to find it. They chased it across the street wow. and they got it back in. And uh, it was uh, actually a pretty funny article, but then you, the more you thought about it, you thought it was it's kind of sad because you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute. Why did the robot escape? Because they specifically say that it was not designed for that purpose. It was not designed to— It had to, taught itself. It had taught itself that, and that's what kind of frightened a lot of the scientists who were working on well, it. Well, it should. The robot looked like Robbie the robot with, like, no legs, okay, essentially. Okay, I and, gotcha. And they said, like, we didn't teach it to do that. It wasn't a protocol of it, but it seemed like it wanted to get out, like it was it was seeking freedom, and it actively tried to escape its confines. And so a lot of people were saying the same thing, like— that's kind of a kind of a creepy Skynetian yeah, behavior really that we're seeing there. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's. I mean, what was it? Hawking. He was before his death. He said, yeah. "Stop with the AI stuff. It'll be the end of the mankind." Race. That's right. Well, yeah. I uh, I think he's he was oversold. Hawking was. I mean, well, he lived off of technology, so yeah. there you go. But but when you look you look at him saying that and there's a lot of scientists that are saying that now, we we should be treading very gingerly in, in what we're trying to do, because you're right you know there's there it, it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the show that's what's fun about the show it came right back around to where we started, which is the the whole thing of uh, you know we don't know where we're ever going to end up. And because all of us think we have our own truth, that's what where everybody's being ta taught. You know, what you believe, Mitch, is your truth, and Brian, that's your truth, and Tim, it's your truth, and my truth. But I believe that there is solid truth that we can draw from in, in the world. Of course, mine comes from a Judeo-Christian background. But if you don't have that truth, then... Lord knows where you're going to end up at or where as a, as a species we're going to end up at mm -hmm. uh, because you, that means you can go anywhere. Yeah. You well, that means you're free to dehumanize people. Everything. And, yeah, um, and then you're in a real pickle. So It is called a quandary at that point, <laughs> a serious quandary at that, that point. And it, that goes a long way to explaining how, for instance, in Nazi Germany – a whole population 
could care less about another whole population that's being exterminated Mm -hmm. because they knew they were being exterminated. Right. And they let it happen. And there's a very carefully orchestrated process of propaganda, controlling the media, controlling the message, establishing establishing an idea, shutting down people's individual ability to think, uh, taking away their ability to defend themselves in many ways. Um, And getting rid of all the people that disagreed with you. Well, then you add to that the pressures of an active war and diminishing resources. So in an environment of diminishing resources, people will obviously act extremes. And and that's why what's happening in the comic industry is a small microcosm of what I believe the secularists – and that's what I think the left is. You call themselves progressives or whatever. They're secularists. And and they – literally want to change our whole culture Mm -hmm. and they're doing it just the way that you talked about and if they can't do it that way then they'll get rid of every last one of you so they can there's a really good example so there's someone in our community that we know very well who's very vocal richard meyer he's a former marine and recently uh he's been very active and he's not very like but well liked by the far left and so one of the people um a transgender individual said that he was um, dishonorably discharged. It was a flat-out lie, and he put it out on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And so obviously he was called out on, and he said, no, I was not dishonorably discharged. That's a flat-out lie here in my papers. So one of our other friends, a a nice philosopher who works for the Washington Times, he wrote a very good um, um, editorial about it where he said, in this moral vacuum where it's moral relativism and you have the far left who have no religion whatsoever – What's to stop you from lying when there's no repercussions from the lying itself? When your end goal is to silence your opposition, but you don't believe that lying is wrong, you'll say something as ridiculous as that just that's to what, get your point across. That's what Goebbels did, yeah. Nazis. What was his whole thing? Tell, tell big yeah, propaganda. Enough, a big right. enough lie, and people long believe enough, it. and people will believe yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Right. In, in, in postmodern ideas, there is no such thing as disinformation if you really think about it, mm-hmm. right? So lies are not disinformation. Um, and we have to be very careful about what we put out there in the world because that kind of constructs our reality, uh, the words we use. So, Right. And it, it goes back to like when we were kids and you had to have a complex explanation for something like, Mom and Dad, where do babies come from? And in a way, as a parent, uh, you have this choice. And sometimes you tell like this little white lie because it's like, well, I know that's not really where babies come from. But the end goal is that obviously I'm getting to that point. And I think that some people on the left, they take that to this far extremes. And in his mind, he's like, well, I know that guy is a bigot a racist Nazi, whatever it is. But it doesn't matter how I get people to believe that. I just have to say something. And as long as they get to that end point, that's the, that's the point. The ends justifies the means. And if I say it long enough and loud correct. enough, and loud enough mm-hmm. people will believe it. That's right. scary. Mm-hmm. No, it's very scary. And then I think you touched on something we kind of glazed over earlier, uh, which was the, uh, th- the threats to end someone's livelihood. Mm-hmm. Right. If you for a social faux pas or a misunderstanding or a, or a, a statement of uh, that goes against the grain or whatever. Right. right? Uh, and, and they want to make there's a certain segment of the population that wants to make the consequences for uh, unacceptable speech uh, to be starving. Right. You're going to. Well, we want you homeless. We want you starving. You're you're gone. You're out of the. You're out of here. You're never coming back. Which to me is especially. Uh, to me, this is especially uh, 
cruel, punitive. Yeah, because it, yeah. It, it, if you think back, you know, 10,000 years ago when we were all tribal people, what's the worst thing that could actually happen? Besides being, being you know, raped and murdered, it's throwing tribe. out of the tribe because you know you're going to either starve, of, you're going to starve or die of exposure, or some other tribe is going to, or bandits are going to rob you and kill you or something. You're not going to make it if you're thrown out of the community or out of the tribe. And so when they're doing that to someone, that's speaking to this ancient fear, and it's just especially cruel in my opinion. All right, got to get a final break in, and we got to take our final break. And when we come back, we'll just have a couple of seconds. If you hate paying taxes now, well, let me tell you, you just wait until you withdraw money from your IRA, your 401K, or other retirement accounts. There's such a thing as required minimum distributions, which can force you to withdraw money from your accounts whether you want to or not. And it can trigger an avalanche of taxes, and every year could get more and more expensive. David Lucas specializes in strategies that could reduce these taxes and save you thousands of dollars. If you saved at least $200,000 for retirement, be one of the first 10 callers to schedule a free review now at 501-653-6690. And if you want to learn how you could save thousands of dollars on the taxes on your IRA and 401k, call 501-653-6690. All right, we're down to uh, just the last couple of minutes here on a Friday show. Brian Anderson, who is with us, came in with uh, Mitch Breitweiser today. Uh, Mitch happened to pa- pa- pass him in the hallway and said, hey, you want to join us for the show today? <laughs> and we said, sure, come come on in. But uh, You've been great. You've done a great job. I appreciate that. Good stuff, really good stuff. Mitch, always. Good stuff from you. Thank you, sir. Tim, I'm looking forward to this uh, future endeavor that you got getting ready to happen. It's going to be very cool. Thank you very much. Whenever uh, it's about to launch, we'll get Chuck on board. And yeah, we uh, need to get him on. him on to talk. Yeah. You know, he's, uh, he's really a perfect example of somebody who has gone through some tough times but came out the other side with his scars but still going strong. Well, I, you know, yeah. I feel that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. Now he's gone back and is doing some stuff for Marvel now. Or with DC or DC, yeah, DC. Yeah. he's yeah. doing Batman again. Yeah, right? Bane Conquest. And so, so, oh, Bane Conquest. Yeah, Bane okay. Conquest. All right. So anyway, uh, maybe we'll talk to him about that. Maybe he'll slip up and give us a nugget of truth that's coming out down the line or whatever. I get tired of waiting. You know, you got to wait, 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 wait. What are they going to well, do? Yeah, well, I'll. We'll, we'll go faster, Dave. I'll tell <laughs> okay, the whole art, arts community to speed it up. Crack the whip. That Dave is Here, impatient. You, you just send it to me, and I won't tell anybody else. Okay. We'll program right. your reality. <laughs> That's good. That, that, that would make an interesting series. <laughs> that would make an interesting series. All right. I'll be back with you on Monday. Remember, next week I'm on Monday and Tuesday, but I'm taking Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday off because I've got oral surgery. Oh, joy. Uh, coming up on Wednesday. I'm taking Thursday and Friday off for that. Also remind uh, mind you that God gave you a whole week of life. Give him one hour to see what he has to say on Sunday. I'll talk to you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.